This episode of K Sports, which isn't about sports at all, is brought to you by Kirkwood Student Productions. Kirkwood Students Productions is the group that puts this on. It's the studio where we have all the equipment. It's the people that help us out. And without them, obviously we wouldn't be able to do this, and we thank them a lot for letting us do this. Uh, make sure to go and follow Kirkwood Student Productions on Instagram, Facebook. You'll find them all at KSP First. That's one word. KSP first. Make sure to go there, follow Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You can get all the content that they put out. Like I said, this episode is not at all about sports. The Oscars is this Sunday. I care about movies. You care about movies. And the people we're having on later care about movies. I've got two people from the KSP group here that are just really smart. They were really intelligent about different aspects aspects of movies but they're both incredibly fun to talk to and incredibly fun to listen to so let's get this thing started before we bring nathan and coy on i just kind of want to talk about the real reason we care about the oscars the oscars has become quite the debacle of a show uh, it's not really entertaining it's not something I would want to sit down and watch for three hours. And it's a lot of categories that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really care about hair and makeup. Um, I'm sure if you're into that kind of thing you do. Cinematography's fun. It's not going to really affect me five, ten years. But the one thing that we all care about is Best Picture. And Best Picture has become, like the Oscars, a debacle itself. I think getting the best picture right is very important because obviously movie awards are different than like say like sports awards. Sports awards go on players' resume, resume, all-star experiences, all say in basketball, all NBA, you get MVPs, uh, all-stars like I said. And all these things kind of add up and they help with resume and then they help ultimately to get a player into the Hall of Fame and kind of affect where we think of them in history compared against each other. Movies is a little different. We don't really have a Hall of Fame that people care about. I think there is some sort of, you know, film and TV Hall of Fame. I'm sure there is. Um, I, I feel like I've looked it up before. It's not really something that I'm interested in to some degree. You know, it's not like the Oscars are helping build these resumes to get them into the Hall of Fame. We kind of just understand that Marlon Brando's a good actor and Tom Hanks is a good actor. And we kind of just know it and we know what the good movies are and it doesn't really it doesn't really affect whether or not they get into some sort of hall of fame or how we think about them in terms of against each other we kind of just all like movies and we kind of all like the movies that we like but i still think it's important to get it right it's the one if you just were going to take one single category and go this is a snapshot of the year it's going to be best picture it's going to be the most historically relevant category of any of the categories and it's also one of the hardest ones to pick because movies is just one of the hardest art forms to choose a winner from it's one of the most subjective mediums that we have it's every everybody just kind of likes what they like for movies and there's no there's no real rhyme or reason to it like you can make you can make the argument but at the end of the day it's kind of just you like what you like and I think that's kind of the problem with the Oscars is the Oscars has 
said there's a particular kind of movie that we like. And I remember watching a video by Vanity Fair, I believe, that came out in 2018. I watched it a couple months ago about how a movie wins the Oscar. And it was watching this video when it hit me what the problem with the Oscars was. And, you know, I have kind of this, I don't know if you want to call it a take, a theory, an observation. I just kind of think it's true. And it's explained in this video by Vanity, Vanity Fair again, I believe. Is, it came out in 2018. I don't remember if it came out before or after the award show that year. It came out in January, July, June. One of those J months, I don't really remember. But it still had some interesting interesting points on how a movie wins the best picture. And the movie starts by putting all the types of movies into a pie chart and going, okay, these are the types of movies that are going to come out in the year. And I watched the video again last night, and the categories that it puts them into are buddy cop film, superhero behemoths, rom-coms, and three Nicolas Cage's movies. See what they did there? That was a joke because, I don't know, Nicolas Cage. We all laugh at Nicolas Cage. And then the rest are these wannabe Oscar winners, and that's when it hit me that the Oscars are no longer an award show. They're no longer about picking the best picture. It's a genre of movie, and it's grown increasingly more toward independent cinema, but it's not, it's not an award show anymore because if it was an award show and if it was really concerned about picking best picture, it would not categorize itself that way. It would not go, okay, these movies are going to go over here. There's going to be like seven different types of movies, and one out of the seven is going to be the Oscar contender. And the other six categories, you know, just have fun, watch it, make money. But the Oscars are not for you. And I think 2019 is kind of the perfect year to look at that because movie-wise, we hit the extremes with that. I mean, nine movies grossed a billion dollars this year. I haven't gone back and looked through all the years, but my guess is that's the most ever billion-dollar movies in a year. Nine. And most of them were Disney, superhero movies, or Star Wars. And you can just see that there's this growing disconnect between what people like, what is popular, and what the Oscars want. Now... I'm not forgiving the Oscar to the most popular movie. I get it. You know, you have there has to be a balance. But, again, what is the balance? And I think that's the problem that the Oscars have is they don't know what the balance is. And if you ask me, like, what are your criteria to pick a best picture, I would probably, my initial response would be, well, I don't really know. But, you know, I kind of have a general idea in my head that it needs to be a good movie. Obviously, that's... That goes without saying, but I think there are important things about how popular was this movie. Is this movie going to be something that I'm going to want to rewatch in five years, ten years? You know, how long is this movie going to age for? I think, again, if the best picture is going to be this like perfect snapshot of the year in film, I think those things have to matter, and clearly right now they don't. So, again, 2019 is kind of the perfect year to look at this, but I think we should just kind of go back through like the last 10 years and just kind of look at the movies that won compared to the movies that they were up against and kind of just make some conclusions about where the best picture's at. 
and see how that compares to what we have this year in the field and the 2019 movie year and just kind of see if that helps us pick a movie that would be right for best winner. So we're celebrating the at the Oscars this year, the 2019 movie year. So 10 years ago would be 2009, not including this year. This would be, I guess, deal what, you know, whatever you want to say the last 10 years, we'll just go back to 2009 to start. So in 2009, the best picture was the hurt locker. Yes. The hurt locker. It's a war film. You know, it's, it's whatever. 2019 is not a great movie year. Avatar comes out that year and gets nominated up is nominated up i mean come on up is like one of the 10 best movies i've ever seen in my lifetime but you know i'm not going to be that guy i'm just going to i'm just going to let you know that i think up is awesome and the blind side came out not a you know kind of a rewatchable movie good sports movie not necessarily just a great overall movie and inglorious bastards comes out as well maybe probably should have won best picture that year but 2009's kind of a weak year the the hurt locker is a war film you know, I, it that's kind of what happens in weak years war films win. Um, 2010, The King's Speech, which is a movie about a king that stutters. And this this is kind of where this is this is not a good year for the Oscars because other movies that were nominated, Black Swan and The Fighter, okay, you know, those are good movies, those are fine. Toy Story Three, Inception, also nominated. And the one that really hurts is the social network. And if you were going to ask anybody that's actually smart about movies what, like, the 10 best movies of the decade were, The Social Network is probably, like, on every list you ask somebody. And it's not a Best Picture winner because The King's Speech won and the Oscars like kings, et cetera, I guess. But 2011. 2011's also not a very good year for movies. At least not for nominees. The Artist ultimately wins, which I just have never ever had interest in watching the artist it it doesn't appeal to me at all but it beats out like the descendants extremely loud and incredibly close hugo was nominated the help tree of life midnight in paris warhorse all those were nominated the one that probably should have won was moneyball with brad pitt and jonah hill i believe probably the movie that's aged the best out of the list of nominees but this is kind of where we begin to see the divide grow between what people like and what is a good movie. And I think another problem with the Oscars is they've begun to limit themselves in a time where the action superhero behemoths, as Vanity Fair calls them, are getting just better. They're they're more well-made. There's more time spent into developing story and character and all the, all the you know, crazy little things that the Oscars like. And Fast Five comes out in 2011, and Fast Five is phenomenal. Fast Five is one of the, you know, I four best action movies I've ever seen. And in terms of, like, what is aged the best out of this group, Fast Five obviously not nominated, but Fast Five made in the same year. If you want to talk about what's aged the best, Fast Five. If you want to talk about what was popular... What made sense for the year? Fast Five. You know, it may not be an Oscar-type film, but maybe that's the problem, that a movie like this is not an Oscar-type film. 2012, Argo wins. 
you know, not a again, not a great movie year. It beats out Django Unchained, Lincoln's Silver Linings Playbook. Not not an incredibly strong category of nominees for Best Picture this year. And another very, you know, another action movie comes out that is really groundbreaking, and that's Skyfall. And Skyfall, again, is just another incredibly awesome action movie and doesn't get nominated. And, you know, I'm not trying to be be pretentious toward Oscar movies and action. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to swing so far in one direction that I'm now only liking the action movies and just totally discrediting every type of Oscar movie. But, I mean, Skyfall is one of the nine, eight or nine best pictures that year. And let me let me go check to see how many exactly that they nominated. I don't remember exactly the year that they began to do nine, I believe. But on the fly, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's easily one of the nine best pictures of the year and doesn't even get nominated. So 2013. 2013, extremely fun movie year. Captain Phillips, American Hustle, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, all get nominated. 12 Years a Slave ends up winning. But The Wolf of Wall Street came out that year. The Wolf of Wall Street, again, like The Social Network, is one of the 10, one of the seven best movies of the decade. Has no Oscar wins. Is maybe, you know, the the peak of anybody's career that's in that movie. Maybe Leo peaks in, like, Titanic. I don't know if you could say that. Just him being so young. I think this is probably his best performance. Margot Robbie probably peaks in this movie. Scorsese, you can make an argument that this is his best movie as well. McConaughey, this is definitely his best movie. And he's even in Dallas Buyers Club, so, you know. 2013, great McConaughey year. But ultimately, it ends up going to 12 Years a Slave, and Wolf of Wall Street walks out empty-handed. 2014, if Birdman was ever going to win Best Picture, it was going to be in 2014 when it was going up against the Grand Budapest Hotel, American Sniper, Selma. We can all just kind of forget about 2014. 2015. 2015 is actually a great nomination year. Nominated films like Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, The Big Short, and even like other movies that aren't even, I don't want to say good, but they're not like up to the Oscar, you know, type standard. It's just a fun movie year all around. Fast Seven comes out that year, Inside Out, Minions, Age of Ultron, Fifty Shades of Grey for the Ladies. And you got a Star Wars, Hunger Games, James Bond, Mission Impossible, Jurassic World. All these movies comes out. Incredibly fun movie year. The one movie I'm not going to be rewatching from this year is Spotlight. And that's the movie that won Best Picture. But it's a good year for nominees. You know, some Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant. Those are all super fun movies that got nominated. I actually applaud the Oscars for that. Great job. 2016. If I wanted to be really decisive here, I would make the case that Moonlight's not the best picture. It's not the movie that I enjoyed most from that year, from the group of nominees. I think Arrival's probably the best movie of that year. But I'm not going to say Moonlight's not deserving. But 2016, 
is really where the shift happens to smaller independent films and it peaks in 2017 which is one of the easiest years if i just gave you the list of nominees and went what movie should be the best picture it's so obvious it's get out it's not even close when my grand when i'm talking to my grandkids in like 50 or 60 years they're not going to be like grandpa what's shape of water like the fish movie the movie with the fish man in it why did that win best picture i don't have an answer for him i honestly have no idea how that happened i'm just st- i'm staring at my paper right now with shape of water written down over get out ladybird has a better case than shape of water john wick chapter 2 has a better case than shape of water logan has a better case than shape of water but shape of water won and it's awful terrible 2018 another amazingly fun movie year and again the green book is not the movie that i will care about at all from that year i don't think anybody has watched it this year and it's only been a year later i don't even know if mahersha ali remembers doing it i'm gonna read you the list of nominees and then a list of other movies that came out that year that I think should have been nominated instead. And just think to yourself, what's a, what's a more fun list? You know, I'm going to try to leave some of the original nominees in here. Black Klansman I like as a nominee. Black Panther I think was the third best superhero movie of that year. But I understand why I got nominated. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I don't really. It's fine. Uh, even A Star is Born I like. I like A Star is Born. I thought it was a good movie. So that leaves us with the 2018 nominees, Roma, Vice, The Favorite, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Let's just go ahead and replace those with Infinity War, A Quiet Place, Hereditary, Eighth Grade, and we'll break the rules. We're going to break the rules a little bit. We're going to go with the fifth one. We're going to go into the Spider-Verse. I had to leave the Meg with Jason Statham off. I'm just kidding. The Meg was never going to get on. But let's just take those movies and put it on. Actually, if we just take the green book out, bam, we've got nine We've got nine movies. So that makes our list Black Klansman, Black Panther, A Star is Born, Infinity War, A Quiet Place, Hereditary, Eighth Grade, Into the Spider-Verse. That's immediately like a way more fun list of movies to watch. And movies that are actually good and are actually relevant to the 2018 movie year, but, you know, we got Roma in the favorite. So what do I know about movies? But... Just looking back at the last 10 years, it's very clear that the Oscars are just better in weaker years. And that's not really what you want from an award show when it's easier to pick a movie when all the movies are just kind of equally okay. There's no real game to actually trying to figure out which one it is. And even in a year where, like 2017, where Get Out should, I don't even know how that doesn't win. In just shape of what, like that just doesn't even make sense. I'm, I'm not even going to spend any more time on 2017. That's absolutely ridiculous, but... You can just see, especially just 2018, the divide between what an Oscar movie is and what, I don't want to say an Oscar movie should be, but what just makes more sense for the year is an Oscar movie. And the list I gave of nominees that I would put on instead, I mean, those are good movies. Those are movies that aren't, it's not Den of Thieves, you know? It's not that type of movie. These are movies that are, very well done and check all the boxes that you would want 
out of a Best Picture nominee, but the Oscars have a certain type of movie they're looking for. Now, I don't know why they're doing it this way. You know, everyone's saying they're trying to drive up viewership, but why drive up viewership by trying to nominate independent films that nobody's watching anyways? That doesn't really make sense to me. And it's... The easy answer is just to say, well, just nominate and pick better movies, but that also just doesn't seem realistic, and that's just too simplistic in nature. But it's obviously no longer geared toward picking the best movie, and it's just no longer geared for the people. It's geared for film students and people who enjoy indie films and just not for the general movie-going public. And it doesn't have to be, but isn't it just better if it is? And isn't it just better if they figure out what the balance is between a popular movie, a fun movie, and a movie that's well done? Is Roma any better than A Quiet Place? Is The Favorite better than, you know, Into the Spider-Verse? No, it's not, but the Oscars... But it's an Oscar movie, and that's what you get when you have a genre that is a genre of movie it's no longer an award show so let's go to 2019 now there are three categories of movies that got nominated for 2019 the first category is they're just the nominees they're not going to win there's no real hype for them to win pat on the back to them they got nominated that's awesome and there's four of them in this category jojo rabbit ford versus ferrari Little Women, and The Irishman. These are all, they're all fine. They're all great watches. Jojo Rabbit, love the director. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to butcher it. Obviously directs Thor Ragnarok. Incredibly funny, incredibly different. You know, Jojo Rabbit's clearly just a different kind of movie, and it's a great watch. I loved it. It's funny. The guy is hilarious. But it's a nominee. That's what it is. Ford versus Ferrari. It's got Bale and Damon. That's really the only reason it's in here. If you took the 1917 actors and made them the two guys in Ford versus Ferrari, one, it's probably not as good. Or if you just took any any good actors that didn't have the name Bale or Damon, that movie's probably not nominated. But again, you know, it's a great action movie. It's fun. Not one of the best of the year, but maybe it's progress doesn't really seem like it seems like they wanted to nominate Christian Bale seems like they wanted to nominate Matt Damon Little Women Greta Gerwig should be in the best director uh category her back-to-back run of Lady Bird and Little Women phenomenal can't wait to see what she does for her third and see if she gets this you know triple crown of movies if she really nails the third movie that'd be impressive Little Women is not a story I have a ton of experience with but from people that I've heard talk about that, you know, I've read the books, seen all the movies. They seem to think that this was one of the best adaptations you could get. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. Again, it's just a nominee. The Irishman, classic gangster movie. I don't know. Is it too long? I don't really care if it's too long or not. I felt like I was watching the book it came from i've never read the book but it kind of had a very a a very similar feel to it i would imagine pacino and de niro are always great together in movies 
maybe if we, you know, throw this year into a blender and mix it up and spit it out a hundred times, the Irishman wins like 15 of those years. Who knows? But it's a nominee, I think. Um, I, I don't think it has enough to go into the next category, which is the hopeful winners. These guys are campaigning like they want to win. They maybe think in the back of their mind there's a chance that they can win, but they're not really going to win. And that's Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Marriage Story. Once Upon a Time in Marriage Story, just they've fallen victim to the the fact that the Oscars happen once a year. And not every Oscar movie can come out in December, I guess. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood probably wins when it comes out, as well as Marriage Story. The Joker, uh, I talk more about The Joker with Nathan. I'll let that conversation about The Joker speak for the movie, but um, it's fine. You know, it's okay. I'm not really a huge Joker guy. The movie, anyways, not the character. The Love the character. The movie is, I mean, I'll just let the conversation with Nathan take care of itself. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not going to win. Marriage Story, not going to win. That leaves us with two left. And we've got the old and the new. We've got 1917, a war movie. And Parasite, I said that very dramatically, didn't I? And Parasite, this international technical masterpiece movie. One, if you want to tell me that action-type movie... I don't even know what... I keep calling them action movies. I don't know what the right term for that kind of movie is. Just popular movie, I guess. If you want to tell me popular movies are not getting nominated because it's the same story and over and over again, then why do war movies keep winning? It's the same thing over and over again. And 1917 is probably going to win this year. And it's a war movie, and it's the same story over and over again. But anyways, again, technical masterpiece, indie wander... You know, cinema, cinema, is that cinema, cinema? Did I get that right? That kind of, that kind of audience loves it. I thought 1917 was, it was really good. I enjoyed it, loved it. Parasite, again, extremely fun watch. Pretty successful in the limited amount of box offices it was in. As I continue to think about what, not who I think is going to win, but who I want to win, I think I just I think I've talked myself into Parasite at this point. I've never been one for giving somebody an award just to be the first to do something or nominating something just to be the first to do something kind of like Black Panther. I get why Black Panther was nominated. Again, I'm not I'm not upset about it. You know, I'm not going to get up here and get on a political high horse and, you know, start saying something. But I would never never do that solely based on the fact that Parasite's an international film, but if we want an international film to win, like this is going to be the year. It's a great year for nominees. It's not a great year for winners. The disconnect between popular movie and Oscar movie is about as wide as it can get right now. Endgame grows $2 billion and can't even get nominated. That blows my mind. But... I mean, Parasite checks all the boxes you want out of a best picture. It's technically awesome. It's incredibly fun to watch. It was successful, even though it was kind of in limited releases and was continued to put in more and more theaters. But 
never really had the same uh, marketing, I don't want to say, the same promotion as any of the other movies on the list and competed just as well with all of them. And it is an international film. And I think if an international film is going to win, this should be the year. I think it's probably going to be the movie that we're going to watch again in five years and go, oh, yeah, that that's it. That's a good movie. That's probably the best movie of 2019 besides Avengers Endgame. Hate me for it. Avengers Endgame is awesome. Avengers Endgame is the only movie of the year that made me cry. Go watch it. Watch Captain America dance with Peggy at the end and tell me your eyes aren't bawling tears. If not, you're just a terrible person and you don't understand. I don't know what you don't understand, but you just don't understand it. So there's the state of the best picture. There's the movie that I think should win. I think it should probably just be Parasite. I think that would just be the best overall selection for the year. And there's why I think the Oscars are terrible. So let's just go ahead. We're bringing on Nathan first. And then we're going to bring on Koi next. It's going to be a ton of fun. I hope you enjoy these interviews. These guys are incredibly smart. They know way about way more about movies than I do. But these are incredibly fun conversations. This one's a bit long. I know it's probably going to be two and a half hours worth of podcast, but I think it's totally worth it. And I think it'll be an incredibly fun listen. So enjoy. All right. In studio, sitting across from me, I've got Nathan Ward. Uh, do you have an official position at KSP or are you just... Not anymore. I'm just here to around and actually produce content this year so last year you were president or just a normal producer? i was vice president there were two vice presidents one me one emily and then above us was president autumn and this but this year we're just going you're just one of the boys this year i'm just one of the boys this year i didn't want responsibility this year so uh we're bringing on koi later to talk about the oscars and he and his friend are actually planning on watching the show yeah i don't know if you have any plans on watching this year at all i have very little plans on watching this year. I'll probably tune in right when the best movie, the best picture is about to be awarded. Uh, maybe a little bit earlier for best actor, but I don't, I'm not too excited about the picks this year. And I'm not really, I don't think there's going to be a lot of contest about who's going to win, uh, which I find kind of depressing. That's the point of the show is to see who's going to win. And I'm, I'm fairly certain who's going to win in most categories. Do you like the fact that there is no host? I actually do like the fact that there is no host. I think unless it's, I, yeah, I don't think it's something that really needs to, needs to be there at all. Yeah. I, I always like the host. I think award shows are way better when like the host just gets up and just like roast everybody. If I like the Ricky Gervais, like bring him in say, and yeah. yeah, just rip if into If they're going to do someone like Gervais, um, then that would be fun, but they won't do that for the Oscars. Yeah. I feel like the Oscars like feel themselves too much and they yeah. don't. You can't joke about that. Yeah. Epstein. Like if you start making fun of it, then it's like, oh, get this guy out of here. Yeah. But, um, wait, what categories do you care about besides best picture? Um, I'm interested in best international film. I think just because I find a lot of international films are really exceptional. Um, I think the category itself is kind of ridiculous um, just because, especially in, you know, here in America, we just view, it's kind of it's starting to change, but we view movies as just kind of made in America only. If it has a subtitle, most people don't want to watch it. 
which well, I, that was the big thing with Parasite at the Golden Globes when the guy won and he said like if you just get over subtitles like you're just yeah. gonna open your world to a whole That's, new and that is, that is um, Parasite and uh, Marriage Story are the only films I'm, I'm actually rooting for um, in the best picture category um, but I, I do always find it best international film interesting just because I find usually they award one of the best films um, not usually the the classic film that is bound to win I think this year it's gonna be 1917 because I feel like it has to be 1917. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be Parasite or 1917. We'll go through the movies in a little bit, but how long do you think... So there's been a lot of talk about like best actor, best actress, and get rid of those categories would, and just like put them all together. Would you want to do that with foreign film and just be like, we're just going to go into the world and just try to find like the nine best movies? I think, I think that's what they should do. Um, not, I think that it, it would be very... It, it wouldn't... It wouldn't work well. Um, I think they should evaluate foreign films as actual cinema, um, like this year they, they're doing with uh, Parasite. But um, I don't think foreign films would get a fair share of uh, the t- uh, of the attention. Yeah, yeah like they just wouldn't. I don't it would just end up being American dominant. It would just end up being American. That's why. And I then c- they would have to be like, well, we just need a category for these guys, and then we would just exact- bring the foreign yes, film category. Exactly. Back, exactly. So that's. That's why I don't like the category itself, but I enjoy um, the. Fi- I usually enjoy the films that ha- have been nominated, and I think they are, they should be there. But they just. I've only, man, I haven't watched a lot of foreign films, but I remember watching one in school. Mm-hmm. We had to, like write a paper on it. And it was about this guy that like was paralyzed from the neck down and just wanted to commit suicide. Foreign and the, films are. They, and the whole movie was just him trying to find a doctor who would like, kill him. That sounds very. I'm guessing that was probably China. Uh. Oh man, it was either China or Spain, or something. It was like that, Spanish, yeah. maybe too. I don't even remember. But mm-hmm. no, I don't have a lot of experience with foreign films. But I think it's starting to get better. Um, like I, it was last year, I believe it was Roma that won Best Picture last year, which um, was Italian. Yeah, and for I, Best Foreign Film. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I do think they're finally getting their fair share. Yeah, and they were also nominated for Best Picture in general. So yeah. mm-hmm. maybe they're doing a better job of nominating. I, I mean, they're starting to, but we still have... Uh, I feel like the Oscars are just... They seem to be, like, nominating films recently to just, like, appease people. Because the last couple of years, you see, like, Get Out and Black Panther both get nominated, but neither of them really have a shot at winning. Yeah, I think... I I, I did think Get Out could have a good chance of winning, but... Get Out was clear... When, would, when was Get Out? Like, 2016, 17? 17, I believe. I don't remember exactly. But, like, Get Out was clearly the best film of the year. Uh, it was one of them, yeah. Um, and I... I do think that uh, what the, I think one of the biggest problems with the Oscars is they have a, a hum, huge tendency to uh, not w- the same kind of film wins every year. Um, it's oh yeah, that's al- that's a good point. It's always these big grandeur films that um, like like 1917 that aren't um, just pure cash grabs like like Marvel movies. Um, Marvel movies don't stand a chance of winning, but if you take that grandeur and that gigantic budget and decide to make a, a, a rather decent film um, that is usually the one that's going to win, especially a war film. Do you think that they should start considering more like Marvel movies and action movies in these like, like you call it cash grab, like these cash yeah. grab movies? Um, because I, I think in the last five years that they've actually gotten good. I don't think they're bad movies. Um, I don't think they have... I, I, I somewhat stand with Martin Scorsese on, the, uh, on his point that they're not uh, cinema, quote-unquote cinema. Um, it's just, I enjoy Marvel movies actually a lot. Um, and I, I grew up 
just dying to see the franchise. Um, but after seeing, it's the same. It, it is. The, it's the same story in the same film, um, over and over again. The hero, you know, beating the bad guy, which is very enjoyable to watch. But I don't think um, they don't do anything daring with cinematography or character writing or anything. Um, so. And I think most, I think actually a good chunk of people feel that way because they introduced the best popular category, uh, best po popular film, for uh, that reason, um, and they immediately got rid of it. It's been, been postponed indefinitely. So what are your thoughts on Infinity War? Because I think Infinity War should have won last year for best film. Really? Yeah. Um, I think it was a very bad year, and I think maybe it's just looking back and last year maybe anticipating that Endgame could get it just on the thought that it it was going to be just this grand wrap-up of what the Marvel franchise was. Yeah. The problem was Infinity War is, like, clearly a better movie. Yes, and it was, yeah. And looking back, it should have won. I don't know if in the moment I thought it should have won. I don't even know if in the moment I thought it was the best superhero movie of the year because Black Panther and Into the Spider-Verse both came out that year. I definitely think uh, Into the Spider-Verse was better than Infinity War and Black Panther um, by a mile. But um, animated films, they don't nominate animated films anymore either. No, they have their own category now. Best yeah, animated film. I don't like that. No, see, that's that kind of goes back to the point where, um, and I've had a lot of conversations about this. My my sister, she loves animated films more than anything, um, and it is I think it's quite depressing because animated films have uh, potential that uh, real live action films just don't have. You can do literally anything with animation, um, and we're at this point of stagnation where every animated film is kind of the same. Um, and that's why Into, Into the Spider-Verse was such a big blow-up, is that the story was pretty pretty. Traditional. I mean, it's a pretty basic Spider-Man story, but you're right. There's all these other elements and it's the, the animation the and animation storytelling. and amazing. There, haven't, there hasn't been any animated film like that. They all kind of look the same, um, which I think is, is pretty upsetting. And the second that came out, I was like, yeah, that's going to win. And that's, that's also probably because like, Pixar is the only studio that can actually make animated films that are like, up to the level of like yeah. even considering them as Oscar and contention, Pixar, and Pixar just making all the movies look the same visually. But Pixar has stopped caring; they just want to make boring films. Have you seen this one coming out called Soul? I have not seen Soul. Oh, no. it's like really weird. It's about like the meaning of life, and it's like very I don't know. Yeah, I've heard of it, and I I'm I I'm really intrigued, but um, I spent far too much of the year watching uh, small independent live action films. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because the, the the Oscars are just doing everything that they can to regain viewership right now. That's kind of the only reason. That's the only thing they care about right now, and that's why we see um, the nominations that we see. Um, is they ha they started going into a tendency of uh, awarding small independent films um, best Oscar. Uh, Manchester by the Sea uh, three years ago was nominated. Um, very small film, really amazing. Uh, Moonlight that year won. Um, and no one knew where Moonlight came from. Um, the Green Book, uh, I had barely even heard of the Green Book. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons that the viewership started declining is uh, they were awarding these really great films with great cinematography and they took a lot of leaps. Um, but they're small independent films that uh, the majority of the population isn't gonna end up seeing and they want to gain the viewership back, so that's why they're nominating films like uh, Joker, um, Ford v. Ferrari. I don't think anyone knows why Ford v. Ferrari was... I don't know why Ford v. Ferrari's mad. Or, I'm mad at Ford v. Ferrari because I think they got Endgame spot. I think if you make $2 billion in a year, you have to be considered for Best Picture. I think just give me a nomination, and I'll, I'll just be happy. Um, yeah, I can, I can understand that. Um, 
but I don't I don't four B Ferrari clearly got nominated because it's Bale and it's Damon. And uh, it's yeah. like this weird mm-hmm. like move. You know, it's a fun action movie, but it's got like these really good stars in it. Yeah, and it I had no it had no reason to be. And nominated. And it feels like after like the first seven like there's clearly seven movies that were going to get nominated yes I'll like be, the last yeah. i think jojo rabbit and uh 4v ferrari are kind of just throw-ins at the end um, i don't really i think jojo rabbit has more of a place on the list i think jojo rabbit's fine but i don't think anybody thinks it's like i don't think it's no i don't think it's best picture worthy um i think it's better than 4v ferrari um just because i i it's just my personal taste um but 4v ferrari is just a classic underdog story of you know is ford going to beat ferrari well of course they're going to beat ferrari it's the story. You wouldn't have a story if you did if they didn't. So what's, what do you want to see out of a best picture movie? Because I know I, I know like all the things that I want to. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, like I want to look back and go, yeah, I think they got that right. So what's like the criteria for you if they were, um, best picture. Uh, th- this year it's actually changed. Uh, these past years it's been changing a lot as I um, get more into the film scene. Um, I don't want to sound like a stuffy you know film student, but. Um, I guess I kind of fit that description pretty well, but I, I think if you yeah, like, he's got sunglasses on, yeah, uh, on his shirt right yeah. now. So, what are you gonna do? But um, I think like what you like, and that's totally fine. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't like something. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest problems in the film scene currently is um, critics. Uh, if they d- don't like the movie, um, they think you can't like the movie, um, which is ridiculousness. If you like the movie, that's fine, but. Um, what I'm currently looking for in a, in a best picture is honestly kind of what we had um, five, five, even three years ago, where it was the small independent films that were getting nominated. Um, I because I've, I've been watching these really amazing films. Um, like I, uh, I was telling you earlier, I got, uh, went went on a big Noah Baumbach kick, um, which led into an even bigger like real life story kick. Um, and you end up watching these really small independent movies that the people behind it, they care so much about the film. Um, and it's not that, you know, Marvel directors don't care about the film, um, but they can't, they don't have director freedom. They can't, they don't really get to do anything. It's, they know exactly what the movie's going to, Marvel knows what the movie's going to look like when it comes out. They don't take risks. Um, all the movies kind of look the same. Um, and I'm a little bit not, yeah, I'm starting to realize that the Academy just wants viewership. So they're not going to nominate films like, uh, watched uh four days ago the farewell um it's a uh, yeah i've heard that's an it's an asian film right yeah by yeah. L- lulu wang it's her actual second film ever um her first film was pretty mediocre but um this film it's a chinese film goes back a chinese uh family goes back to china because uh their the main character's grandmother has uh stage four terminal lung cancer uh and the entire family decides not to tell her that she has cancer um, so they stage a wedding with um, a distant cousin who's been dating a girl for three months, um, so everyone has an excuse to go back to see her before she dies. Um, and it was, you could tell that they had very little budget, and some of it was shot on location, which I thought was interesting, but um, you could tell that the people behind it just had so much passion for the film, um, and they just really wanted to make a great film, which I think there does deserve some recognition i do believe the farewell has been nominated for best international film i could be wrong but i think it it's on my list of movies to watch on my i am i have the imdb app yeah and i create like list of things and it's on my 2019 list of movies to watch so i'm gonna get there at some point it i found it really really amazing because 
and I think it, I think for some people it's kind of like a natural trajectory where um, I've stopped caring as much about you know big budget uh, cinematics. Um, I think those are really fun to watch, um, and that's why ninety percent of the population goes and sees Marvel movies. Is they're really they're really fun to watch. Um, but I think after a while, I I start wanting to just watch really great performances um, and just some different stuff. Just honestly, if it's if it's different, um, I'm immediately going to watch it. Doesn't mean it's always good. Um, Jojo Rabbit is a very different film, but I I give I give it about a seventy percent. Um, I don't think it deserves best picture, but I think it deserves. Um, just at least some recognition for the fact, you know, they're making fun of Hitler, and it's it's really unique. I've never seen a film like that before. Um, that's kind of what I would like to see more out of uh, the Best Picture category, but I uh, I don't think it's uh, going to happen because I mean we don't have to go into it, but you know the Os- the Oscars are they're they're basically rigged. It's whoever pays the most for publicity. That's the word on the street. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is fine if just as long as everyone knows it like um yeah it's it's a it's a big event night for for hollywood um you can it it can be fun to watch for like 20 minutes for the glamour and the the outrageousness but um when i want to see films that have been given awards most of the time i think justly is i I go and uh, look at awards given at film festivals like sundance and uh can um usually i think they uh I mean, it's there are festivals for filmmakers by filmmakers, and they usually, um, I think, nominate films or and award films that uh, really deserve it. I always think of winning Best Picture as like picking a president, because there's like so much like campaigning and yeah. just mm-hmm. who can peak at the right time. That is exactly like you, what we it were is. going back to the 1917 Parasite conversation, mm-hmm. and then even like Marriage Story, like Marriage Story when it came out, like at least critically. Like I would have written it up with if we had had the Oscars like the next month it yeah. probably would have won. A- absolutely, yeah. Um, but then you come in and it's like end of December. Oscars are in February. Yeah. All these movies have kind of been out for a while. They've all been picked apart, and then 1917 is going to come out. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. know it's this like crazy like one shot movie. And yeah. It's, it's a war movie, so that's always that's always I think um, the Academy is always going to love yeah. that. So there is a crazy high statistic of big budget war films um, winning. The best, best picture. Oh, they, every time. Every I time. mean, you just go back and look at, like, war films. They're just, war films are always successful. Yeah. But it, like, I don't even, like, I don't want to get political, but you just, like, look at, like, um, where we're at right now in Iowa. We're getting ready to caucus for yeah. the Democratic candidate. And it's all about who's going to peak, like, right at the right time, yeah. right before we go in to vote. Right. Like, you're, who's the highest? You're absolutely right. Who's the highest? And then even, like, picking the president itself, like, obviously no one's no one's ever going to be happy with like of course not the president but you want to be able to like look back in 10 years and be like oh actually that guy was a good president yeah that's kind of how i view the best picture is like yeah i don't even have to be like super happy with it but if i look back in 10 years i can go like oh yeah i think that movie actually was like the best movie of yeah 2014 oh that movie actually that's actually a good movie for 2017 so um and that that's kind of i think what um i think we're not going to see much of that uh, anymore in the oscars um I, well, I just think, especially if you're um, just really into film, um, because they're they're gonna keep, especially now they they just they just want viewers back. That's all they care about now. They're just bleeding viewers, um, so they are 
they're going to nominate an award, uh, I think, for quite a while, the same film over and over again, which maybe in some years that would that is the best film. Um, but I think uh, it's I think that's the trajectory that we're on. So so this so we're two very different but not like so yeah. different people when it comes to watching film. You're like like you've been saying, a film student, you like the yeah. artsy, you know, independent film. I I like those films, but I also like really like to see like the action flicks and yeah. you know, Infinity War I mentioned earlier. If you want to go back into history, like Fast Five I think was a movie that should have yeah. got nominated for Best Picture. It's that that's just a really yeah, that's so a great film. That's pretty who, fun. Who who are the Oscars for then? Do you think they're do you think I should care about the Oscars if I care about action movies, or do you think that this this should kind of just gear itself toward the independent film and the I, small budget, you know, that's a really director. Good, that is actually a really good question. Um, I think right now um, and for a while, I think the Oscars aren't really for anybody, um, which I think it is a shame. But uh, sometimes we do have to kind of step, take a step back, or at least I do sometimes. Remember the the Oscars were. Um, they're made by Hollywood for Hollywood, um, which is now big, you know, Marvel conglomerate, Disney craziness. Um, and if, if that's what it's for, if, if it's for awarding um, Hollywood blockbusters, um, then that's fine. Um, that would be fine. If it's, if it's just going to be, you know, uh, is it going to be uh, Endgame this year or is it going to be, uh, what other Marvel movie came out this year? Uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Uh, it's just going to be like stuff like that, you know, for Hollywood, by Hollywood. Um, that's fine. Um, but I think, I think it's, I, I don't, it's uh, clearly not that because we wouldn't have films like Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit being nominated, um, bigger budget films, but then we wouldn't definitely wouldn't have things like Parasite being nominated. Um, so I think there, there is a, there's a big uh, split especially these past years because we were on a trajectory of nominating small independent films that uh, took giant leaps. But I, I can tell you who it's not for, but I can't tell you who it is for, which I think is a shame. What, what do you think blockbuster movies need to do to be considered more Oscar-worthy films? Is it, just, is it just all the technical aspects of the movie? Because that's another thing when when we're coming down to the Oscars here and the races between Parasite and 1917, and these are two mm -hmm. very, very technical good. movies. Yeah. This is, these are cinematic masterpieces. Parasite is shot with like these incredibly vibrant colors and all mm -hmm. those house shots and landscapes and skies. And it's this very, yeah, it's this very just colorful movie. And 1917, like we mentioned is this odd one shot yeah. piece and there's, and you're following these two guys. And is it just, is it just these technical aspects? Is it, well, that's why they do have they this? do have technical categories um, for for stuff like that, which I think is great because um, people who work on films, um, not just the director and the actors, also deserve recognition for the for the work they put in. But because I always try to separate that in my mind when I'm thinking about Best Picture, it's it's and we're spending so much time on Best Picture because clearly this is the category yeah. that really. I mean, even like Best Actor and Best Actress, like it matters, but it it doesn't yeah really matter yeah like i don't i'm not gonna go back on wikipedia and look at all the best actors and like yeah go like oh i want to see the movie that the best the person from best actor won in like 1984 yeah but i want to go back and watch all the best picture nominees i want to know what film was supposed to be like back then but um what 
that's what I'm always trying to separate in my mind is, is this the best picture or is this the most well shot movie or is this the best edited movie? Um, I think is this the best sound in a movie and it's, you know, kind of leaning me toward best picture mm -hmm. and trying to separate all the, all the different categories and trying to just make sure everyone fits into its right spot, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I think that, uh, best picture is the joining all of the categories together and deciding, um, not just a numbers game of who won the most, you know, nominations in each category, but because um, you can look at a at a film and um, this is where it starts to get, you know, artsy film student. But you can look at a film and say, well, that's objectively bad cinematography. Um, that color palette is really boring because um, it's not it's not exciting to just look at grays all the time. It, um, the the editing there was was really bad. Um, tangent, I think the editing for bohemian rhapsody was i've yeah i've heard lots of complaining about the editing for bohemian rhapsody um so there there are, there are objective uh, that's the kind of award that like i mean i don't really care about but i get i get its importance and when everyone else everyone critically is like why is bohemian yeah. rhapsody winning best editing mm -hmm. like clearly the oscars are in a really rough state because the the people who nominate uh films and the people the the judges of the oscars they're not filmmakers they've they've never made films um, they're not even like film critics. Um, there, there are, are a fair amount of problems in the critic industry, but um, and a, usually a large disconnect between the uh, people's opinion and the critics' opinion. But um, the majority of film critics are experienced people who went to uh, school and they've studied um, film and how it works and what makes a good film. Um, and of course, there's going to be obviously you know bias and a large amount of disagreement but um i think what i would like what i believe the best picture should uh end up being is a film that uh not only meets those requirements but excels at them was was the editing objectively good did they did they have a, a really unique color palette did they did they try something new with the sound mixing um and it doesn't need to be that every time but well, it largely isn't, but... Um, Do you like it when your best picture movies get political? No, not... Um, I think there is a good way uh, to be political, and there is a, a, a bad way. Um, I don't think if it has uh, some political themes, um, it is automatically uh, bad or automatically good for any reason. Um, I think there is a tasteful way to handle it. Because that's one of... If we want to go back to the Golden Globes and just look at television shows, a show like The Morning Show yeah. was mm -hmm. clearly a very political show, had a very clear message, mm -hmm. and was most widely considered probably not a great show. Yeah. But did you know extremely well in nominating and looked for a while like it was going to actually take some, take some awards, but mm -hmm. it seemed only, be, only on the strength of its message and not really yeah. on the quality of its content exactly yeah you there people need to do a, a better job i think of separating uh the message and uh the message the quality of the message and uh, how it's presented um and that's a problem not just for po political themes but how uh films have treated themes for years because there is a, a good nuanced way um to include complex themes into a film um but i'll so, it's a, a, a mistake some films make where they, they just really want to make sure they get the message through, um, like I think they did this year with Joker, where they just kept telling the audience 
um, its messages, um, how they, how the, the uh, social care worker literally says to uh, Arthur, uh, they don't care about us. Um, they don't, they don't care about mental health. Like, I got that. I understood that because they cut funding. You don't need to tell me it again. Um, so I, I think, I think it's a symptom of a larger issue, not an issue, just failing to deliver messages in a, a interesting way. Because personally, for me, a um, a fun, a, a fun and interesting messages, even whatever the message is, I, I think, I think most people would agree is something that gets you thinking, um, that you find yourself and you're like, oh, they did that. That's really interesting. You don't like Joker, do you? Um, I'd give Joker about a 55%. Um, and I, I kind of rate films uh, harsher. Not really harsher, but I guess objectively harsher. But I think if it's above 50%, it's above average. Um, and I think uh, ratings-wise in our uh, you know era of immediate Rotten Tomato score, um, I think if people see a film that is below like 80%, they say it's bad, um, which I think is a shame. Uh, I'd give Joker 55% um, solely uh, for Joaquin Phoenix's acting. Um, that's that 5% there, because um, he obviously cared and did a really great job, but I think... Did you like that scene when he got in the fridge, and he takes all the food out of the fridge and just gets in and I thought it was unique. I did think that was unique, because I, I did read... That, great um, acting by Joaquin Phoenix. A plus. That was uh, I was I, I was actually totally improvised by Joaquin Phoenix. Um, that wasn't scripted. Um, and I, I think usually the, the moments that I enjoy the most. But wouldn't that be concerning if that was improvised on set and he just like starts like, just taking stuff out of the set? For some of some of the best um, film scene film scenes ever are totally improvised. I'd be like, hey, are you doing okay? I don't know. I feel like I'd check on him after that. Yeah, but um, he I think he did a great job with the film and he he had a lot of passion, um, which is. Uh, the only reason I think it's above average is because um, I think if you took Joaquin Phoenix out of the film and replaced him with a, a mediocre actor, um, the film would not have done nearly as well. You, But we were talking the other day, and you said that you don't think that Joker should be a Best Picture nominee. No, I, I don't at all. Um, and uh, that's not a popular opinion right now. Um, and it's I just want to be clear, it's not because of uh, the ridiculous outrage about the film, you know, you can't portray, you know, people are going to start going in the streets and murdering each other now. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that's ever been a, a problem with movies. No, that's, if, it's not. That's the not. only one that's ever affected me like that is the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, when I saw Baby Driver, I, I was playing with my car in ways I had never played with it before. No, you, but you, even then, you're not even, like, doing dangerous stuff. No. You're just doing, like, a lane change maybe you wouldn't normally yeah. do. Yeah. Um, I think it's just I think if you if if that's how a film is going to affect you there's something wrong with you not the film. That's that's probably true. If you actually are inspired by a Joker movie, um, you go put clown makeup on. The only difference this year is uh, with Joker is um, for the whole outrage is because it's a comic book villain um, and everybody knows who Joker is. Um, it's not a new thing at all to make uh, the main character of a film uh, the villain. It's not new at all. Um, Godfather, God, all the Godfather films, and mo mostly any Scorsese film, what, which is the film uh, King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, uh, those are the films that Joker is basically trying to, not at this point I don't even think they were trying to like emulate it, they were just basically trying to replicate the film, um, those films Taxi Driver and uh, King of Comedy. 
um, where the main characters are not good people. Um, taxi driver's main character, Travis, is uh, basically a pedophile and a, a stalker who does terrible things, but no one really had outrage about that. No one thought people were going to go start driving around in taxis at midnight looking for hookers. So. So do you think, because the problem what I have when I'm viewing Joker is, like you said, trying to separate the fact that this is a comic book movie mm -hmm. and this is a movie about, you know, mental health and social yeah. issues and social classes. And you see that yeah. very clearly with the relationship that he has with Thomas Wayne and his mom constantly telling him, oh, Thomas Wayne's your dad, Thomas Wayne's your dad. And then he finally gets a chance to confront Thomas Wayne and Thomas Wayne is like, who's this? He's just a dick. Yeah, who's this guy that is... You know, clearly off the streets. Clearly, he's you know, he's not as good as me. He doesn't have as much money as me. And I, I think in there's like a bathroom scene. He punches him in the face. No, he, he just he they have like two minutes of conversation, and then uh, yeah, he punches him in the. Which again, side note, that's kind of one of my biggest problems with the film is no one has any character. They just act like comic book characters and just do like one. Bruce Wayne is the mean rich guy. That is his. That is what he is. He's the mean rich guy. He doesn't have any nuance to him. His mom is the the crazy crazy girl who you can tell, like from the first scene, or at least I did. That it was, oh, it's very clear that it's like, very clear everything her mo everything with the mom is off. Yeah, um, uh, but back to the uh, yeah the the social class warfare is it. I like I said earlier, I don't think it's wrong to put in uh, nuanced messages uh, in the films. I think some of the best films I've seen are um, just chocked full of. Uh, very complex themes that um, I think people need to think about, but I think the way Joker does it is the problem because um, they just keep hammering the point that um, this is a society hates lower class people, um, the rich need to be killed, um, and there's no nuance to it. They tell you several times in the film. Um, be, I think a good example would, would, would be Parasite. You know, that it's a movie about social class warfare. That's what the movie's about. But um, they show you that in a very complex way, um, very nuanced, and they they bring up a lot of complex themes. They bring up more complex themes than um, Joker, but because life is complicated. There is no one answer. We shouldn't just go kill all the rich people because uh, we're poor. I know Joker, for me, is like a really special character because one of the first movies I ever... I remember watching and just like the first series of movies is the Dark Knight, mm -hmm. Christopher yeah. Nolan Batman series, and the second one with Heath Ledger. It's like my it's my favorite movie of all time. It, it's up there for me, yeah. So that that Joker performance and then just kind of the legend that has built since that yeah. Joker performance because of you know obviously what happened with Heath Ledger and yes um, his story. So I have a hard time in my mind separating it as a comic book movie and a movie with a message and a movie that's trying to be, I think very clearly an Oscar type movie. I think, yeah, I, I do think a lot and of And you're bringing in a guy that's, you know, historically like a very, you know, very uh, dedicated character actor. Yeah. And very, uh, it's a very good history at the Oscars. I do. I, I love Joaquin as an actor. I actually, when I watched um, Joker, I just wanted to watch more Joaquin. Um, so I went and watched, um, some really good Joaquin Phoenix movies. Uh, probably the best I think Joaquin's been in has been uh, The Master, um, about basically about Scientology. Um, 
and I think he gives an amazing performance, better than Joker. Um, but, but in, so I don't even, my problem is I don't even know if this is a good comic book movie. And since the Joker is like very, very much in my mind as a comic book character, like, I don't know how you can set when the movie starts with the DC logo and its title yeah. is Joker and it's using Joker characters and you even meet Bruce Wayne at one point yeah. and the movie ends with Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot in the alley. Like it's, it's very clearly a comic book movie. That I don't it, know if it's a comic book story, but it's very clearly that's that's borrows comic book characters, and I don't even know if this is a good a good you know villain movie. That's much less a good movie about social classes and all the yeah. issues that we just talked about. So that's I think one of the one of my biggest problems with Joker is um it it doesn't call it 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 refuses to call itself a comic book movie. Um, Todd Phillips, uh, the director, has said several times it's, it's not a comic book movie; it's an in depth character study of social class, um, just using a comic book character. Um, but they don't, the, the way it behaves and the things that happen, every film, um, even the most realistic films, you have to have a, a certain amount of uh, willing disbelief. Um, you have to understand that, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't real life. Um, nothing, uh, some things just are exaggerated in film. Every, a lot of, everything's exaggerated in films, but that's why we see them. Um, but the problem with Joker is uh, they tell you uh, it's going to be realistic and it's just going to be an in-depth character study. But then the things that happen are so uh, out of this world um, that make no sense, which would be fine in a, in a, comic, in a Marvel movie. Um, they, they basically come with a big sticker on the front that says you need to willingly disbelieve a lot of stuff. You know, I'm not, I don't go into a Marvel movie expecting realism. I expect craziness. Um, but when I started watching Joker, I expected realism. I expected a nuanced story about uh, mental health and um, a character who uh, was striving um, for greatness but was fell by his own uh, problems. Um, but the things that happen are not like that at all. Uh, killing three men on a subway station is not going to uh, result in a city going to class warfare. That just happened in Portland, and people are going crazy about the murderer because they're like, well, he needs to go to jail immediately. It's the exact opposite. Um, he, he was basically trying to start a, a race war. Kind of some weird parallels there, but um, just the things that happen in Joker, if you're going to make a comic movie, that's fine, but don't call it a realistic movie and then have weird things like, of, of course, a, a comedy, a, a talk show, a late night talk show host is not going to invite a bad comedian on to make fun of them. It's not how talk shows work. Um, and it's just it's just stuff like that um, that I think lends itself to a bigger problem where I think Joker tried to be a lot of things um, and achieved none of them. I think you just have to go the other way with a comic book movie and just do The Dark Knight and then just... I don't... Obviously, act... the obvious statement of the day, but like just make it really well and oh. just have great performances. Yeah. And portray characters in because these are very interesting characters and they yes. have in the comics there's all sorts of issues they do i mean the joker is a very complex character and there's very even in the the animated you know animated dc movies you see a very interesting character you see a guy who mm -hmm. you almost gravitate toward him as a he's as a villain he's one of to me one of just the most 
interesting villains. He is. I think the Joker, and then if you want to go back to Marvel, I think Thanos from the movies are both mm -hmm. very interesting. I also like villains that are just super quotable. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I can just go on YouTube and like nine minutes of Thanos quotes and just watch that. But I, I think you just, it has to be like Heath Ledger, just the best performance a supporting actor can give. You have Nolan who's got this perfect dichotomy, I think, of like artsy filmmaker and mm -hmm. guy who the public likes. I yeah. think to me, in my mind, he's the best one at doing that right now. He's I'd say my one, favorite yeah. director. And then you have Bale, who's like this, you know, Bale and my, when I first was like Christian Bale's Batman, like who's this guy? Yeah. He's not an action star, but he's like a heck of an actor and he's going to, yeah. and hit the way he can change his body to physically look like Batman and then give her performance with, I think that's the way you have to go. If you want to make a comic book movie, that's going to, you know, try to compete for an Oscar. Yeah. And Todd Phillips went the other way and he said, I'm going to use these characters to try to tell a story that's not really about these characters in a weird sort of way because yeah. the joke this is not a joke it's a guy who becomes a joker but it's not really a joker story this is not a joker story I'm familiar with mm. and I don't need accurate rep representation from the comics I don't really care about that mm, you're making yeah. a movie like you do what you want to do but you know don't I would say don't hang your hat on the popularity of DC to try to get yourself you know more clout heading into an award show I think that's a good point um, I think Oh, just a quick, quick note. I think uh, The Dark Knight, um, one of my all-time favorite films, but I, I, I don't even classify The Dark Knight as a comic book film. I, I, uh, I think the reason it's such a good um, superhero, not, it's not even a superhero film. I, I think the reason people say it's the best in, in that category, you know, the best in the superhero film category, but I think it's in the noir film category. Um, Batman is a detective. Um, he's solving the crime. Um, there are no superpowers. There's no... But the most outlandish things that happen in the film are these crazy turns of, you know, noir. You know, the Joker knew what was going to happen. He, he planted the bomb. Um, there's no outlandish fight scenes. Um, and in the end, the Joker wins. Um, Batman loses. He has to go into hiding. And uh, they take down the, the White Knight, uh, Harvey. Um, I will say when the interrogation scene comes in my YouTube, like, recommended. Yeah, always watch I, it. I watch it every single time. That's... And that's what probably, actually, probably the most, you know, uh, the biggest, one of the biggest, you know, outlandish moments in the film. But it's just two people talking in a, not talking, you know, he's beating the f*** out of them. But um, it doesn't need to be big city riots uh, like it is in uh, Joker to be a, a great climax. Um, sometimes you just need to step back and make a, a, a calmer film, you know, uh, Bat the Dark Knight is it's not very crazy. The craziest thing is the Joker, and that's just one man. Um, and he's just basically just delivering one-liners the entire movie. There's like yeah. a, there's a bank high scene. He you know runs a pencil through a guy's head at one point. Yeah. And then it's just him wondering, wondering, wondering around, talking about anarchy and chaos yeah. and how he's gonna you know bring these things into Gotham and how he's gonna destroy Gotham and how he's gonna be this perfect opposite of what Batman's trying to be. And it's not even like it creates, like you said, there's not city riots. He doesn't go on a talk show and shoot yeah. a host through the head. The city doesn't like rally around yeah. him and burn, the try to burn, city. you know, Gotham to the ground. And it doesn't, it doesn't need to be crazy films. Um, and I think, I think the reason, I think Joker was made for a reason, and that's um, because I think we're starting to approach uh, 
a time where I think I think Marvel movie viewership is going to start uh, declining um, very slowly because they're still making mad bucks and they will be for a while. But um, I think Marvel movies are just like any genre where just any movie craze, you know, 10 years ago it was uh, young adult films, The Hunger Games, um, Divergent. Um, years before that, it was uh, the vampire craze where it was all these vampire movies. Um, I think Marvel movies are, are better than those movies ever were, but um, I do think it is it is a, a movie craze, and I think that's why Joker um, and uh, Logan were made, is people um, in the industry are starting to want to make different comic book movies, um, which is, at this point, different movies with uh, comic book characters. Um, I don't know if I'd qualify uh, Logan as a comic book movie. I think it's closer to a comic book movie than uh, The Dark Knight is, but... Um, that people are starting to want to make different kinds of movies. Um, and that's happened with any genre, um, the death of the Westerns. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a clear, clear-cut trajectory of movie craze. Uh, viewership starts declining. Um, people start making different types of movies using the same uh, genre, like Logan and Joker. Um, and eventually people start making parodies. Um, and then the genre is usually dead at that point. Logan is a great example, and I've never thought of this before, of what the Joker should be as a movie. Because I think... When you watch it tonally, they're very they're very similar. It's very yeah. dark. It's just a lot of a lot of anger coming out of yeah. the main characters, and like you say, you don't really feel you don't really feel like you're watching Wolverine. No, you just don't. like in this, you don't really feel like you're watching Joker. But Logan is unbelievable. Like Logan yeah. is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest reasons for that is um, yeah, Logan is a lot uh, crazier um, than. The Dark Knight is, you know, Logan, uh, is, it's it's very gory, and Logan, you know, just murders people brutally, but um, the craziest action scene is 13 kids uh, and running through a forest and about 50 um, armed uh, armed soldiers chasing them. It's not a big, gigantic city riot or, a, you know, a fight in New York um, because they, they really wanted... What Logan wanted to do is make the uh, antithesis of... Uh, um, comic book movies they wanted to make the anti-comic book movie um where uh logan is a superhero but he hates it um and he it's a bad thing that he is one it, it's ruined his life and it's driving to a point where he uh is carrying around a silver bullet because he wants to kill himself um and being born with super superpowers in uh, the x-men society is a bad thing you are going to be hunted down and taken into custody and tested on um and that they they tell you that actually in the film um very subtly but they um logan is basically it's basically it's a combination of anti-comic movie and uh western it um that's why they have that film uh, that film scene uh, where they're watching the hotel room and they're watching um can't remember the name of the film but they're watching a western um and that that actually that western was actually the same basically the same movie as um Logan, um, but for the Westerns, it was the anti-Western. Um, it came after, you know, 30 years of amazing, super great we um, Western movies, but they were all the same film, you know, gunning down the, the rogue, being the town hero. Um, and in this film, the, the main cowboy uh, guns down, uh, you know, raiders and saves the town, but because of that, the town is afraid of him. He just murdered mass amounts of people. He was doing it for the, you know, the right reason, but it's the anti-Western. They were saying it doesn't work that way, and we can make different stories out of it, and that's what Logan wanted to accomplish, and that and I think that's what Joker wanted to accomplish, but um, 
I think for a variety of reasons, it just didn't work out. The director, you know, Todd Phillips, he, he directed the Hangover series. Like, that's his biggest accomplishment. I don't think he's the right man to be directing a, a, a complex, nuanced take on mental health issues in America and class warfare. Well, Tarantino will never let Westerns die because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is half cowboy. Yeah. And yeah. even when it's not into cowboys and Cliff, uh, Cliff Booth wandering around Hollywood, he's wearing cowboy boots the whole time. But yeah. If let's just take the list of best picture nominees and just throw it out the door. We don't even need to go off that. Like, what are your best movies you saw this year? That's and good. maybe if it overlaps with the best picture list, but I don't want it because sometimes you get bogged down. And yeah. I use a sports and sports comparison for this. Like, like you're when you're looking at the draft and looking at players, you want to, you just as a fan just looking at the draft and trying to come up with own your own list of players. You kind of take the players that are at the top and you just. Mm-hmm. You say, oh, those are the guys at the top. How do I think about the guys at the top? And you rearrange. And you look at the guys in the middle and go, oh, those are the, those must be the guys in the middle, and I'm going to rearrange yeah. the guys in the middle the way I want. I don't want that to happen with the movie things. I want I want you to just, what are your what are the best movies you saw this year? And kind of how does that, do they, does it line up with the Oscars well? Maybe it's the same type of movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's mostly the same movies, or maybe it's something totally different. That's a really good question. Um, the best movies, uh, my favorite movies I've seen this year are going to be, um, like I mentioned before, The Farewell. Um, are, are we talking movies that came out this year? Um, yeah, just the 2019 just, movie okay. season. What um, was your favorite? The Farewell, like I mentioned earlier, I fantastic film. I loved it. Um, then there was uh, oh, uh, uh, Overreach uh, is on the list, but I think uh, Marriage Story. I, th- I do think Marriage Story deserves to be on the list, but Marriage Story I absolutely loved. Um, when, I, when, I, when I watched it, I, I rewatched it immediately. Um, just because I loved the performances so much, I think. Side tangent, I do think Adam Driver deserves uh, best uh, actor, but that'll go to Joaquin. Um, and Scarlett Johansson, I definitely think she uh, deserves uh, best best actress. Um, Marriage Store was amazing. For for Marriage Store, I don't want to get super personal. Are you a child of divorce? or I am not, actually. Um, my parents were separated for a little bit um, when I was about uh, 12. Um, my dad lived out of the house. Um, and then he came back, and then he actually left again, um, this time not for marriage reasons, but to go work uh, work a job that would uh, make us enough money. Um, so he moved to Indiana for two years. I um, just think one of the special things about that movie is the fact that it has affected, obviously it's very emotional for people that have come out of situations similar yeah. to that, but it seems to have affected every, my parents are together, my parents, mm-hmm. you know, will go to the grave together, they're they're like a very religious family they're very much you know we're gonna stay together for the rest of our lives and you know it it impacts me like it's it's an emotional watch for me to watch and this is not an experience i've ever even been through and i think that's one of the more special things about this movie is that it has this reach on all these groups of people even when the movie is not even about those particular people that is a really actually an amazing point um I just want to say that I think Marriage Story is probably one of the best examples of what I was saying earlier, where just because a film has uh, deep and complex messages doesn't mean um, that they need to shout the messages at you or that the film is automatically deducted points. Marriage Story is an extremely complex film because it's about real life. It's about divorce, and that's not a that's not an easy thing. It's very complicated something that I can't really even grasp. Both of these uh, people in the film make huge mistakes. 
Um, but there is there is no bad guy. There is no villain of the film. They are both their own and their other villain, because that's complicated life. It doesn't need to be um, one is the bad guy and they need to divorce themselves because the, he was such a terrible husband and yada yada yada. It's about a complex marriage that failed for a variety of very complex reasons. And I, I think that is why, it, it, one of the reasons it deserves um, to be on, on the list is it, I've, I haven't seen many films uh, deliver complicated messages like that and have the audience realize it without it being shouted at them. I just love too that it's also like pretty big movie stars right now. Yeah. Adam Driver coming from the Star Wars franchise and Scarlett Johansson coming from the Marvel franchise, which is mm. undoubtedly probably the two biggest franchises in the world right now. 100%. And I love this for Scarlett Johansson. I don't have like her career resume off the top of my head, but I know, you know, she's played a lot of the hot girl yeah. and she's played some more recently some action some action star and yeah. I thought Black Widow was going to be this movie for I thought she was going to be like here's me as an actor. Yeah. And that way it wasn't. It was Marriage Story, and for just if for look ahead for Marvel fans, just Black Widow mm. is her saying, you know, this is me. I can carry an action movie, and it's a sort of a different road for her. But as an actor, I love that she was super awesome in this because I love, I love her performances. But it, you know, like I said, it's a lot of she's the side chick, she's the hot girl, she's the the third or fourth superhero on the team. Yeah. And now she has this moment. And even with Jojo Rabbit, like she's in she's in that movie. That movie goes on her resume now. And yeah. she's got you know, she's like a real actor now. She's a real and leading woman in Hollywood. I one of the reasons I that's I absolutely just adore that film. It has become one of my favorite films, not just the year, but uh ever. Um just because I think uh in every aspect I can't name a single aspect. Um that I would like the film to do better. Uh, maybe if I watched it more times and just tried to critique it, but uh, I fell in love with that movie. And it, like I said several times, it kicked off a Noah Baumbach kick and just a desire to see these really real life stories. Uh, none of them were as good as Marriage Story, but some of them came close. Is he your favorite director right now? As of the moment, yes, he's my favorite director. Um, just That's just like, like uh, favorite song you know like flip-flops every yeah. day but um i don't know if i could honestly choose a, a favorite director of all time but right now yeah he's my favorite director um just because i you can see, you can actually see, you know, see his uh, progression of work but um, he was he was the first director that uh, made me realize that uh adam sandler um is actually not a bad actor um like he is in uh he's in uncut uh, uncut gems this year um which is a fantastic film um, and he's actually a great actor. He was in the Noah Baumbach's The Meyerowitz Stories, um, which is another, it's another very realistic family drama um, where Adam Sandler is the main character, and he does a really, really great job. How long before Baumbach directs a Marvel movie? <laughs> if that would be what's, how, what's that day going to be like for you when you realize he's signed on to one of these big action I'm gonna projects? I'm going to cry. He's directing like Fast and Furious 13. I will give up on the whole film scene. I will just retire and go go into accounting. Okay, so, so you have the farewell. You have Marriage Story, uh, Uncut Gems. Um, one of my that's one of my favorite films. I don't necessarily know um, if it deserves uh, Best Picture, but um, but just in terms of like enjoyable watch. Just in terms of an, yeah, because I, again, I, I I wanted to say this at the beginning. I think there is a difference between. Um, and uh, most people in 
any any industry, there's um, going to be a difference. I think there's a difference between objective quality um, and liking something. Um, I like to watch some films that are, if like I, I was going to objectively rate them, I would give them below 50%. Um, things like, biggest, biggest example would be uh, Tom Cruise's The Last Samurai. It's not a good film. Um, for some reason, though, I enjoy the hell out of that thing. I've watched it so many times. It just, I enjoy it. But there are so many things wrong with it. Um, I, I think it's healthy to admit stuff like that. Like, there are, doesn't need to be, um, out of, you know, a home run every time um, for you to enjoy it. You can just enjoy what you want to enjoy. And I think if people just would admit that, we'd be a, a better film scene. So give me one one more. We're at three right now. Give me a fourth. Uh, Parasite. Parasite. Which, yeah, I think, I think uh, is going to – I don't know if it'll win um, Best Picture. I don't know if I would want it to win. It's actually a, a big competition for me personally between Marriage Story and Parasite. But um, I think in the next probably year, um, people are going to get really sick of talking about Parasite because um, I think Parasite is going to be one of the hallmarks of uh, the film industry. And I think it's going to be a film – that is going to be taught in film classes. I would say it's definitely like a film school film. Like yeah. People are going to be watching it and it, breaking it down in film school. It just checked every single box and excelled in every single way. Um, the cinematography was different and amazing. The uh, themes were very complex and nuanced. The acting was amazing. Um, and bonus for being a, a, you know, a film scene, film student movie is it's international. Um, I, so I... Yeah, I think I I have to put Parasite on that list. I, I really did um, enjoy it a lot. Um, and I, I can't wait for it to come out on the 30th um, to rent because I'm going to buy it. Um, Surprisingly funny, too. Yes. Uh, that One of the biggest things I like about films is they don't have to be um, one genre. Uh, and I think uh, the Oscar industry uh, struggles with that idea. Um Jojo Rabbit is a, a, a coming of age story and a comedy and in the industry they would call it you know historical fiction um, it's several different categories um, and I, I really like it when uh, directors can blend um, categories like that uh, the Coen brothers uh, do a really good job of that with uh, the films like the Big Lebowski um, where they blend really genres that should not be together um, Quentin Tarantino does that uh, uh, Hollywood, it's what's Quint just fell out of my head. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, Jesus. Once upon a time in Hollywood, is several different categories. It's you know, fan it's fantasy, western, Hollywood. It's a Hollywood film. It's just a very it's got a murder at the end. The Some Manson murders. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do think that. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy films that are um, um, films that are blend different categories, um, and I think Parasite. I think all the uh, most of the films I named are they, they do a really good job of that. But um, yeah, I think Parasite is going to be taught in film school just w for one of those reasons. Uh, it's it's several different genres. All right, give me some give me some final predictions before we go. Some final predictions of what might all right. we expect to see at the Oscars. 100%, 99%, I do think 1917 is going to win. Um, I'd have to rewatch it again before I say um, if I think it deserves it, that or not. Um, I think it is an above average film. But I think a lot of the things in it, 
our quote-unquote Oscar bait. Um, I 100% think Joaquin Phoenix is going to win uh, Best Actor, even though I, I do think Adam Driver, I should go to Adam Driver this year. Um, I do think uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, is going to win Best Actress. I, I really want her to win Best Actress. Um, 100% Parasite is going to win Best International Film. Um, and I, I do think Parasite actually might win Best Original Screenplay. Um, uh, Little Women is obviously going to win Best Adapted Screenplay, uh, 100%. But I would like to see some upsets this year, just because, you know, if Ford v. Ferrari won, I don't think I'd be mad. I think I'd just be happy because it's so ridiculous that, um, that it's, it's something different than 1917, um, just because I'm not at all, like, excited to see, you know, the competition, um, which I think is one of the biggest problems in the industry is most people... Um, aren't just aren't saying like I have no clue who's going to win. Most people have a, a pretty strong idea that it's usually it's going to be 1917 or the you know the dark horse uh, parasite, which I hope. But if Ford v Ferrari won, that would be like so perfect. It would just be like three years of The Shape of Water, yeah. The Green Book, and then Ford v Ferrari. It would fit so perfectly right in that group. It would be The Shape of Water. I think was a great film, but it came out of nowhere. I don't think it deserved to win. I mean, it was a fun film. It was, it was a really good film, but it was very strange. Um, oh, was, no, that should not have been Best Picture. It's not It's not a Best Picture film. Uh, Green Book is not either, and Ford vs. Ferrari is not. So it would be such a, yeah. it'd be such a perfect three-year run to it's have It's just those Oscar three bait after Oscar bait. And it'd be like, okay, we're finally going to award an action movie, and they award Ford v. Ferrari. And, you know, all, I the, would honestly, all the big franchises just get left, left out. I would die laughing just because... I, I like the upsets. I, I like it when um, it gives you a reason to tune into the Oscars because, well, that, that's it's like it's an, it's a competition. It's supposed to be an even race among the films, but it's never it's never been that. All right, thank you for coming on, Nathan. Thank you for having me. Enjoy your Oscar viewing experience, you and too, may Marriage Story win. All right. All right, I'm here with my friend Coy. He's got. Probably the coolest last name I've ever heard of. What's your last name? Uh, Snakenberg. Why hasn't a nickname like Snake ever caught on? Maybe it has, just not since you've been here anyways. Yeah. When I was in high school, people always called me Snake. That was my name. I have a twin brother, so he was Snakey and I was Snake. Um, and, yeah, that's what our coach, football coaches called us, what the community called us. Um, so, yeah, start calling me it. Be, You're be the president this semester at KSC? Is that right? Producer, vice president, what's your we're position? We're still working on an official job title. Um, the thing we're doing in KSP this year is, uh, this semester is um, going to be a little bit more, it's going to be way more different than um, the format, the setup style we had last year. Um, there's still structure, but it's mostly going to be more, if you want to do something, you're going you're gonna to do it. You're not going to get spoon-fed into it so like Remington you and Samson with the podcast you guys have always been really good and really independent and in doing your work putting stuff content out and um thank you kind words from so Clark. so yes yeah, so we're trying to we're following kind of how you guys um approached KSP last semester and with um the new thing we're doing I forget what the ICMAs is that what it is yeah those are award shows that they have for like colleges, two-year schools in the 
like the state of Iowa. Yep. I think is what so it is. what we're doing with the ICMAs now is, um, you know, we're we're really gonna try and focus on them, um, make content so we can submit to the ICMAs, and I think we're going on a trip next next Thursday and Friday, um, to Des Moines to look into it, but. Yeah, I'm excited. This semester, this semester, I really think, you know, the first semester we had a lot, bunch of new students come in, and they, they were just testing out, seeing if they wanted to do it. I think this semester we got our main group of core, and we'll, we'll, we'll be putting out content. Yeah, last, the last interview we did before we were doing this one was Nathan. So we had the president from last semester, mm -hmm. and now we have the guy who's running the show this semester. So we only bring you guys the top guns here at KSP. <laughs> Are you, you're planning on watching the Oscars, right? Yeah, I'm. Um, I will be going to Iowa City. I got a bunch of guys from my hometown that I always. I go to Iowa City like two or three times a month. Watch, go watch a movie. We're gonna see the Gentleman tonight, I think. Um, the Guy Ritchie movie. But that I'll one go, looks fun. That yeah, one looks like it could I'm, be fun. It's a gangster movie. You know me. I'm big into my gangsters, so I'm gonna go to Iowa City tonight. But I'm gonna be in Iowa City. Um, on the Oscars, February 9th, uh, order some pizza, watch them chill, hang out. Uh, Do you actually enjoy watching the Oscars? It's not like a super watchable event anymore. Well, it's weird. They don't, they don't have hosts anymore. The past, I think, this will be the third year now they don't have a host or second. It I might, think it's the second. Second year. It's just, it's kind of, it's a little bit more, they do more unique things, that's kind of the only reason I watch it now is to see how they're going to fill in time. But um, I watched the Golden Globes for the first time of my life um, when it aired a couple weeks ago. And um, I didn't realize Golden Globes, they do TV too. Yeah, so they throw it, was, it in a little bit. It's it was, kind of mixed in. It was really, <clears throat> it was really long, really long. But Ricky Gervais is pretty funny. I oh, thought, he's always funny when he I does I thought those. his jokes were solid. Um, he he approached the Golden Globes as, it's my freaking fifth time. I'm not going to give a hell about anything I say. And he, that's what he was like up there. He was like, I don't care. I don't, this is my fifth time. They can, they, can get <laughs> they can get rid of me if they want to. I've done it five times. not like I'm worried if I make a mistake or piss people off, you know, so. No, it seems like everybody that, like, just watches the Oscars or, like, the Golden Globes, for example, is a fan, like, you or me, like, absolutely loves the way he hosts it, where it's just, you know, he's just roast after roast after roast, and he doesn't really care, like you said. But everybody that's in the industry and, like, talks about it thinks he's, like, super annoying. Oh, yeah, I can see it, too. I can see it, too, because he's kind of an outsider. He's more he's more English um, than American. Well, I think that's where his primary target audience is, is he releases content in England. But, um, yeah, I can, I can understand why. He kind of was, he was kind of going after them, and it was, I thought it was funny because, you know, he, to a certain degree, he was right. Um, but at the same time, like, it's pretty bold to do in front of your um, peers, just roast them. If you had to pick somebody to host this year, who would you pick? For the Oscars? Yeah. Oh. Man. Would you want to go a, like a stand-up, or would you want? Because sometimes they bring like a celebrity in, and they just like write the jokes for him and have him go deliver him. Honestly, who who was that? Those one two girls. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I liked it when they did it. I I would I would be fine if like a actor actress did it again. 
Um, I know they've been doing a lot of TV show hosts. Those but, two are obviously good ones. I mean, they did Weekend uh-huh. Update together forever. They're really funny. And everybody likes them. They're, like, two of the most likable people mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. I think I think they'd be funny, but, like, maybe, like, uh, I think, yeah, I was a big fan of Tina Fey. I feel like, I don't know, I kind of, to be honest with you, <clears throat> no host didn't really bother me last um, year because I watched it either way, and, um, I think it's, they kind of do some cool tributes now, um, where the host would be, they, they, like, recognize the films of the year, or they recognize other things that you don't know, so I think that's kind of cool, but for sure, it's, it's still kind of weird at the same time. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, because I, I enjoy a host, I like a host better, but I don't think a host, one, makes me want to watch it, or two, like, really adds to the viewing experience. Yeah. I'm watching a lot of the Oscars now on YouTube anyways when they put up, like, the best actor or the best actress, uh-huh. and you just watch, like, the four-minute clip, <clears throat> Yeah. and then that's it. That's kind of how I watch it now. I don't want to really sit down and watch the whole show. Yeah. So I if a host comes too. on anyways, I'm not even going to probably tune in and watch. I'm probably just going to watch his monologue later on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of um, Jimmy Kimmel's Jet Ski. I don't know if you remember watching that. It was three years. It was the last time we had a host, the whole... Moonlight, La La Land, Fiesco. It was that Oscars. And Jimmy Kimmel was like, all right, whoever has the shortest accepted speech, you will win a jet ski. ski, (laughs) And I think one guy was up there for literally two seconds. I think he was was one of the weird ones, like a documentary short subject or a production sign. He was like, I'm getting that jet ski. Just bought a new house in L.A. right on the beach. I would, yeah. If it's one of those categories that nobody, like nobody knows who you are anyway. Oh yeah, you just I just up, thank you everyone, and then you just. Leave. I wouldn't even thank. I just grab, just grab and go. grab my gold and leave. <clears throat> It'd be a zero second speech. I don't. You couldn't beat that. It's true. What if there was a tie? What if there was like both? Some, everybody just started doing that. Everyone just walked off the stage. I would have given them to them all, bought them all a jet ski. <laughs> I was really looking forward to Kevin Hart hosting. Yes, that was, that was tough. That was kind of a wishy-washy situation um because i think he's respected enough where he can get up and like i think he could have the best balance between like i'm gonna like obviously make fun and make jokes and roast you guys a little bit but you're still gonna like me afterwards and i'm not gonna go over the top and you know it's not gonna be like you said where gervais is like an outsider like it's not gonna be like an outsider coming in and doing it i'm one of you guys like these are all my friends Uh and i can kind of just make fun of them a little bit yeah, and I think the whole thing with the Kevin Hart was how old were the tweets? Oh, I don't even remember how old they were. They were obviously dated like years back, but and the Oscars never said you can't host, right? I he just quit. He did. He dropped out. He just he, dropped. Right. He was like, if I host the Oscars, it's not gonna be about the Oscars. It's gonna be about me, and <clears throat> I find that very cool. Um, that he did, but also it's just tough. It's tough. He would have been great. Um, now go back to who I think I should host. It brought me right back. I want I want Jack Black to be a host one year. Jack Black would be a funny host. I think he'd be hilarious. Um, I just watched an old, it's like one of his first movies ever, where he's a he's a rock and roll star. Um, I don't know what it would be. I don't have a lot of experience with Jack Black movies. Can't so. I can't think of the name. It's so old and so like it looks nasty. It looks like 
a young kid made the movie. Like, the CGI, and it's whack, and, like, it's so funny, though. Um, it's good. I can't think of the movie. I don't know. The only movies I know from Jack Black are, like, Nacho Libre, Kung Fu Panda, and Jumanji. Jumanji. So I don't have a lot of Jack Black experience, but... Yeah, I don't really But he is either. funny, and I like him. I don't really either. Um, he was good in King Kong. I like that movie. Peter Jackson. <laughs> the new one that came out? like No, the old one. The, the old Peter, one? The Peter Jackson one, like, in 2005. Not the one with Samuel L. Jackson. That was... No. Different Jackson. Yes. The director he, who made yes, The Lord of yes, the Rings. Yes. Yeah. But um, I remember... What was it? That was, like, kind of my first movie experience was seeing King Kong. I was, like, in daycare. I was, would have been, like, four or five. I still remember this day. I'm, like, talking to my woman who watched over me while my parents were at work. I'm the like, woman who watched over you? <laughs> mm-hmm. My daycare lady. That was, should be your first short film. Just call it The Woman Who Watched Over Me. There you go. <laughs> that, I could work with something like that. You got You got me thinking now. But um, I remember I was like, yeah, I'm going to see Kong, King Kong, you know, the big gorilla. I'm like, it's three hours, three hours long. I'm going to see it. <laughs> I was like flexing on myself that I was going to see a three hour long movie. My parents must have told me it was three hours. I was five at the time. I don't, I don't was know. it? Were you? I don't remember like what the, the potty training like, stage is, but are you in diapers when you're at five? I think I might. Maybe like pull up. Maybe when I was going to bed, possibly. Because like, then it would be easy for you to sit through a three-hour movie. You wouldn't have to worry about even... But honestly, that's one of my first memories, though. Like, that's, like, thinking all the way back. I just remember that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see a three-hour movie tonight. King Kong, you know, Big Gorilla. Were you scared? I was. I was terrified. Five, it feels like it could be a little, uh, the t- little intense. The T-Rex part was very... But it was cool at the same time. Because I was like, oh, the dinosaurs. But, <laughs> but it was fun. I do... I the, the tribe, too... In the beginning of the movie, where they go to the... Have you ever seen this movie? I haven't, no. You haven't? Oh, I think it's on Netflix. But they go to, like, the island, and there's this tribe there. And they got, like, things shoved up their noses mm. and, like, spikes on their face. That was pretty scary. I do remember that, but... No, those are the worst ones, because then your Nike nose starts to hurt, and, like, mm-hmm. where the spikes on your face, you're like... Oh, it was kind of weird. They had some face. weird stuff. They had, like, some fish that was being sacrificed. It was weird. But that was, like, my first movie... So we kind of spit off on that. Um, what where were we? What's your favorite category? Category? We were talking Jack Black. We were talking why. Jack Black. Yeah. Category? Oh, man. I don't know. Probably probably the director and best picture, for sure. Um, I'm pretty sure. I was hoping um, Tarantino was going to get some love, but I think it's Sam Mendes has basically got everything for a lock. He won both the BAFTAs and <clears throat> Golden Globes, so he's got that locked. Uh, Would you, because obviously there was a lot of controversy about not having another woman director, and again, I think I think that's basically Greta Gerwig at this point, who's kind of the only woman director who's actually going to even get considered for this role. Yeah. Is there somebody you would take off the list to put her on, or is it just one yeah. of those things where there just happens to be it's one of those things five good too. movies that are, or six good movies that are directed by men and they're all well deserving but since none of them are women they're going to get a little bit of flack for it it's tough all these directors are deserving um i think maybe if you're going to replace any of them would be todd phillips that's what i would have done todd phillips and he did a he did a wonderful job with joker but i think it was mostly joaquin 
Yeah, I didn't think the, you're right. You I didn't think the movie was like <clears throat> well directed. I thought it was really well acted. No, no, it was it was Joaquin's movie. It's not it's not Todd's movie. You know, um, I mean, look at 1917. I don't even know the two actors. One of them was from on Game of Thrones, but I don't. So and Parasite, same thing. Well, they're maybe stars in South Korea, but but um. Your uh, your boy Martin same, Scorsese got yeah my in. boy Martin Scorsese got up there. <clears throat> That's your is that your favorite director? Oh, he's got to be one of them. I, I got a lot <clears throat> of directors that I really look up to. I got Fincher, Tarantino, um, Scorsese, Nolan. I see every Nolan. Nolan's movie. my favorite, yeah. Um, but so you like a little bit more because when I had Nathan on. He was talking about Noah Baumbach, and that's his favorite director right now. He likes Noah Baumbach. Yeah, and he's really into like he made Marriage Story, didn't he? Yeah, and he's really into like the independent, like really artsy little films. And it sounds like you like more like you know Tarantino, Scorsese, Nolan. You like these big blown out productions. I love it because they have such a unique style. I can, I can pick one snapshot from every movie in every upcoming movie that we haven't seen yet, and I'll be, that's an old movie. It's a Tarantino movie. Scorsese movie, you know? I've, I've, I always think that's cool when, you know, Michael Bay has his style. and we, Michael Bay definitely has a style. David Fincher has a really, I think his the way he shoots movies are really fascinating. With um, <clears throat> If you've ever seen a Fincher movie, Fight Club or um, Seven... Gone Girl. Every shot is on a tripod. Every shot is, boom. And what happened with the movie he made this past year? Wasn't it like the Goldfinch or whatever? No, he didn't or... make that. He he might have produced it. He had Mindhunter season two. He did. It's a Netflix series. Have you seen that? I, I've heard of it. I haven't got to watching it yet. I've heard it was awesome though. It's, it's good. It's it's good to watch, but. You know, he has a certain style that I like. For favorite directors, though, I, I honestly can't pick because I just, you know, it's kind of just I like too many. I have too much of appreciation for too many. Um, but I do think, you know, Nathan with Noah Baumbach, that's pretty cool. And uh, he's, he's always kind of been more an independent guy. I like movies not as an independent, but I like looking at Hollywood as a whole film industry. Um, like, for example, if a certain actor tweets something, you know, that could cost the movie, you know, $20,000 in admission tickets, something like that. I think I find all the, like, the drama behind the scenes, like, with directors, um, big movie studios and actors and even actors' managers are fascinating. So I, I've always been just a big Hollywood guy. I've always looked up to the business, the money, and, um... Yeah, well, independent, sounds... you can't really do all that. But let's go back to the directing. You know, we're talking about female directors not being in it. What do you think of Lulu Wang? Have you seen The Farewell? I have not. It's on my list of movies to get to. I haven't watched it yet just because I've been more concerned with watching the best pictures and not the ones I haven't. But I've heard it was an incredible movie. I haven't seen... I'm about to go on a Greta Gerwig montage. She only has two movies. so That are really... Be... Real. Yeah, have you yeah. seen Lady Bird? No, it's on it's on my list on Prime. Yeah, it's really good. I gotta see it. Is it you? you yeah, I've seen it? it. It's really good. 
I want to see Lady Bird, and I guess I want to see um, whatever. Did she get War nominated Woman. for that? I don't even remember. Uh, I, for directing? For Lady Bird. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, she did. She did get nominated for it? She did. Um, but Lulu Wang, she did a really good job with um, The Farewell. The farewell, yeah. I watched, uh, they had her around table, I think Variety did on YouTube, where it was her, Scorsese. Um, oh, yeah, like those director roundtables or yeah. actor roundtables? Yeah, yeah. Um, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, it was just awesome. Greta Gerwig was in it, too. And for them, it was so cool because had, you had your old directors, legends, and you had the new really coming together directors. I thought it was good, but yeah, Lulu, I'm excited for what she does next. She's, um, keep an eye out for her for sure. She did with Farewell. It was really impressive. Yeah, we'll see if she gets into, we'll see if that, like, builds the resume a little bit. Maybe she can take on a bigger project, but I'm interested to see what Greta Gerwig does next because if she nails her next movie, like, that's a three-movie run of just best picture, best picture, and then if she nails the next one, best picture. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that would have happened. I'm sure it's happened. Like you were, we were talking about Fincher. Like, what did he do? Like Benjamin Button, The Social Network, and set or some other was movie. Was it Gone Girl? Maybe, probably. Maybe Gone Girl. I don't have the years like memorized for that, but oh, it was that Brad Pitt movie. Um, well, he did Benjamin Button, which has Brad Pitt, and then did he direct? I think he did. Did he direct the Jesse James movie with Brad Pitt? I don't think he did. I don't know. That was a Roger Deakins movie, though. Shot by Roger Deakins. Your, your boy, Roger Deakins. Yep. I just saw 1917, too. I didn't put it on my 2019 top ten list because I saw it after I made my list. But, wow. Um, I'm glad I didn't see it because I don't know where I'd put that movie. I, I loved it. Have you seen 1917? I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the full thing. <clears throat> I teared up. And I had a tear go down my face at the end of the movie. I think not a lot of movies get me to do that. Um, what was that one movie? It was a religious movie. I, I'm not a big... I'm religious, but I'm not a big religious movie fan. Relig the one with Andrew Garfield in it? With, like, the monks or whatever? And they're like... No, th that's, that's Scorsese, but that I wouldn't even consider that a religious movie. It's, like, kind of a... It's a good movie. Silence. I don't even know what, like, a... Religious movie. I don't even know. Um, like God's Not Dead. Those types oh, like of those movies. Type of thing? Yeah, I, I hate those movies. Hate them, hate them. They just bash you over the head with like religion. Yeah, they're never well done. But there's this one called I Can Only Imagine, and it's about a Christian singer. And oh my gosh, I cried for. I watched it with my family. I mean, my dad was sitting in the end, and we're just both streaming for. It was like ten minutes straight. I was crying. It was like there's a montage. Ten minutes. And I was just crying, crying, crying. It was good. That was a movie I recommend. If you got Prime, it's on it. Did you Did you tell the lady that was watching over you about the movie that made you cry? Who's watching over me? You're the lady that was watching over you. You talked about her earlier when you were flexing about King Kong. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> Not with her. My daycare. That's <laughs> yeah, your daycare lady. The lady who's watching over me, that's that's who she is from now on. So when you talked about like what you appreciate in movies, it basically sounds like you appreciate everything that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is trying to give you as a movie. And it's behind the scenes, it's inside jokes about 
meeting rooms and stuntmans and oh, old actors. And I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think was I put it at four on my list. I think maybe maybe three. I'm trying to remember. No, it was three. Yeah, it was three. It was the third best movie I saw. Midsummer. I mean, Joker was one just because I was. So Joker was your favorite movie of the year, I best movie of the year. Blown away by Joker. You like Joker? I was just Joaquin, and he's one of my favorite literacy characters of all time. <clears throat> That's a lot. That's a lot of characters you can pick from. Mm. You know, you go from Shakespeare, to Romeo, Juliet to <clears throat> um, Harry Potter to the Joker. Joker's my favorite literacy character, and. I was just blown away. <clears throat> There's a couple scenes where I was twists, where I was completely like, I've been bamboozled. This movie just tricked me. I don't know. You saw it, right? You know what I'm talking that about? That was the best part of the movie to me. That's oh what my that's what really gosh. The part where the girl is the girl he's been talking to. Yeah, you realize it's was all just in fake. his head and you're like, This guy's crazy. But it's weird because if he's imagining at the end when they spoiler alert in the end if they go when they go to the psych ward and he's just sitting in the psych ward, if he's making the whole story up in the psych ward, that also means he's making up in the story that he's making up this girl. I just it's so it's so crazy like that. Maybe he's and it adds to like how psychotic he is as a person, but yeah, it's just like this, just like this deep tunnel of. Yeah, my num- my number two movie was Midsummer then, and I had high expectations for it, and it, I was kind of, when I first watched it, I was surprised. It wasn't the movie I expected I got, but I still loved it. Huge Ari Aster fan. Hereditary was my <clears throat> favorite movie last year. I don't know if you saw that. I'm not a big horror fan. You're not? So I don't oh my watch the horror movies, but I know gosh. how people talked about it. Yeah. You got if you're a horror fan, Hereditary's got to be up. It was my favorite movie last year, and then Midsummer was two this year. But Midsummer is not that scary. It's more gory. Number three would have been. Yeah, I just don't like and like gory stuff. I'm not a super super big fan of. It's like the ending of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I had to look away for a second. Yeah, then you would not. Midsummer would be tough watch for you. It just feels like a. It was more shock value type of thing. I don't. It just feels like an easy way to scare me. It's just like cut somebody's arm off or something yeah it's like fart joke comedy it just everybody's gonna laugh at a fart joke but mm-hmm. it doesn't take a lot of thought to like put into it mm-hmm. like everybody's gonna get scared if you like start like hacking people up but yeah that's true i'm i'm just doesn't feel like i've seen a few i've seen like the conjuring series i like the the conjuring because it's really paranormal and it's jump scares and they kind of put put the scary spots in the right places in the movie yeah so i kind of like that a little bit better you than can just, kind of like get ready for it yeah you know? hereditary is one of those movies where there's like only two jump scares in the whole movie and i remember i saw it in pleasant hill near altoona i was driving back it's about an hour from my home where i saw it in the theater i i was scared i was with my ex-girlfriend at that time and she fell asleep i'm like you gotta wake up i'm scared right now i need to talk to someone about my things and what what is life and stuff like that what is it had you questioning life it had me questioning if i die am i going to hell <laughs> that's what it had me <laughs> questioning and um back on the religious topic yeah and that that 
tweaked me out a little bit. But um. Wait, this is hereditary, right? Not hereditary. Okay. Midsummer is more just like Scandinavian rituals. That's the one where they're just in like the middle of nowhere, right? Uh -huh. And they're like dancing around with flowers on their head. Uh huh. Yeah. I will say though, it was the best opening to a movie I've seen since maybe The Dark Knight. Um, it was some dark stuff. Best movie ever, The Dark Knight. It's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, probably mine too. Probably the mine opening too. of Batman be or not Batman Begins, The Dark Knight Rises, where Bane hijacks the plane. Mm -hmm. It's a great opening. I love that. You like that one more than The Dark Knight's bank it's robbery close. opening? I love both of them. I watch both of them all the time. I think it's awesome how Nolan kind of was like, yeah, we're going to open the movie with our baddie and show him how badass he is. And I thought the whole the whole um, Joker bank robbing was where they're picking each other off, yeah. too. One by one, you're like, my gosh, we're in for a treat. But, um, yeah, Bane. Bane was good in that, too. What was this? I always like... The fire rises. A bunch of memes, I think, came from Bane. I'm sure. He seems like a super memeable person. Yeah. And then you said you had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood third. Yep, I had that third. Um, I just love the movie. I love kind of what the the kind of what Tarantino was trying to say, and a lot of people didn't understand um, what he was trying to say. They pushed so freaking hard for best picture and best director tarantino and company did they wanted it um and they honestly with an op with a wide year they kind of had a good shot parasite and 1917 were the only two that was in his way no one knew 1917 would get in its way till the golden globes till the golden globes kind of took everything um just imagine that. Imagine if Tarantino won Best Director and Once Upon a Time won Best Picture after that movie literally pissed off thousands of people. Remember the whole Bruce Lee? Yeah, people did not like the Bruce Lee. Thing. Oh, people hated it. Hated how they... They knew how the whole Bruce Lee's daughter like bashing Tarantino in the film and Tarantino just being like kind of backing himself up. He's like, no, uh, you kind of put me into a corner I don't like. And then all the mis... Like, I remember one of my review ladies said, it's a horrible movie. He treated women horrible in it. Are you talking about the Beyond the Trailer yeah. channel? Yep. Yeah. I heard... I, I watched her review, too. She and did I, not, not kind words from her. Yeah, she said it was a terrible, good movie. I'm like, that's, that's one way to describe a movie. Um, but... Did you watch it knowing what the movie was supposed to be about from a historical standpoint? Yeah, I knew the whole Sharon Tate backstory. I knew the whole Marilyn Manson. I think what they did with Sharon Tate was extremely appropriate. I thought everything they did, I had no problem. And honestly, I get chills every time. I've seen the movie three times now. I get chills every time when the t end credits, end title card, it comes up. And it says once upon a time as like they walk into Sharon State's house, they have a good time. It's like kind of a what if thing. I thought they did that really respectful. And, you know, Tarantino went all out with the violence at the end, and it was awesome. Um, Brad Pitt, he's a lock for. For supporting actor. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get it. Joaquin Phoenix is going to get best actor. Brad Pitt's going to get supporting. 
Sam Mendes and Sam Mendes is gonna win for director and best pictures. If we were gonna go back to talk about it, it's locks. Like we don't even have to predict. Like you know they're gonna win. When you win both Golden Globes and the BAFTA, your Oscars is it. Like you don't even gotta think who's gonna win, you know. Did you ever know that? If you win the Golden Globes and the <coughs> BAFTA. If you win the Golden Globes and the BAFTA, it's like <clears throat> a ninety percent, an eighty-five percent certainty you're gonna win the Oscar. It's a pretty high percentage. What but about actress? Do we do we care about best actress at all? No, same thing. Brad Pitt won BAFTA and Golden Globe. Joaquin Phoenix won BAFTA, uh, Golden Globe, BAFTA. They're gonna win the Oscar. For actress in a leading role, mm-hmm. do you like? Do you have an opinion on who would win that? Or I feel bad for Leo. I thought he did really good. Actress Koi. Oh, actress. My bad. Yeah, I was just. We're gonna, talking about the ladies now. I was just gonna go to that. Because for that one, it seems like everybody wants, or not everybody wants, but everybody thinks Renee Zellweger is gonna win, and nobody really wants that to happen. It's what it is, I guess. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, ah, oh, women. They're struggling this year, kind of. They're not getting kind of, like, you want, you want, you want a Scarlett I want Scarlett Johansson. Johansson to win. You want a Scarlett Johansson, Charlie Theron, even Sayorsi Ronan. I think that's how you pronounce her name. A lot of people even like the Harriet actress. I saw a photo of a lady with a shaved head. I'm like, who the heck is she? I'm like, oh, it's Harriet. I forgot about that movie. Didn't watch it. I saw the trailer. It didn't really look that good. So let's finish out your top five for movies. What do you have number four? Four? Gosh. I want to say it was... You caught me off guard. I have the list. Let me think. Where do you put the Irishman on your list? Six. Six? Uncut Gems is five, and I forgot what four was. I really did. What was four? I don't know, but Irishman was six. This seems like your kind of movie. The Irishman? You love the gangster movies. This is I know, very, I love... This is like a very traditional I... gangster movie. It never really strays from itself as a gangster movie. Like, it just kind of stays a gangster movie the whole time. And it's like very classic Scorsese. Yeah, but if you're going to compare him to Goodfellas and Casino and The Departed, I don't think it beats out those. I don't. But that doesn't go ahead and saying... I admired the movie. This was a really good year for movies. Really good year. I mean, think last year, you know? This was a good year for movies. Um, and uh, Scorsese didn't lose his stride. I was, I kind of, I think I overhyped The Irishman a little bit too much. Um, but the Irishman was definitely a lock for like all the award categories when you heard it was going to come out. When you just heard that Scorsese was going to make a movie with De Niro and Pacino and Joe Pesci, you're like, uh, they're, oh, all these guys are going to get nominations. Yeah. Like, we don't, I don't even have to watch the movie. I'd honestly be fine if Joe Pesci, he ain't going to win, but I was, he, Brad Pitt did such an incredible job in Once Upon a Time that I, I kind of feel bad for, like, Al Pacino and Pesci because both of them were great in The Irishman. Um, I don't know. I just think I overhyped the movie for me. That's that's what I think I did. Still loved it. I mean, I thought it was a great movie. Oh, it was the final hour. It's kind of tough. The whole scene where, you know, the Jimmy Hoffa part 
mm-hmm. gets going, it's it's kind of tough to watch. I was like, I don't know, just it kind of hurt you watching it. It was you're like, dang, stuff. But it was it was good. I think it was Scorsese is really really aging well. He's aging like fine wine with his and his films are too. Um. But he's getting more mature. I he, I saw a lot of I don't. Have you seen Silence? We were talking about it earlier. I've seen parts of it. I a lot know. of a lot of elements from Silence was in Irishman. I thought, and so, I, it was because Silence was a very profound movie for Scorsese. It was kind of intense. Yeah, it was very intense. So, Brad Pitt's one of those supporting actors that's like not a supporting actor. Like he's so he's like very clearly like a major part of the film. Yeah. And he's, I think he's, he's probably the best part of the movie. I think he's hilarious in that movie. There's like the scene and toward the beginning where he's feeding his dog and he's like threatening to take the food away from his dog and the dog's like making faces and stuff. I thought that was hilarious. He's funny when in the fight scene at the end, when he gets the knife stabbed in his hip and he's just like, looks at it and like pokes it a little bit. I know you. What's your name? Just all while he's on like I'm the devil. Acid dipped. Yeah. Cigarette. (laughs) The get the Mansa guy. I'm the devil. Nah, it was something stupider than that. Yeah, he's like, oh, something stupid. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, and I feel bad for Leo, too. He was getting... I I was upset that Taron Edgerton beat him in the Golden Globes. I'm like, are you kidding me? What? How do you not have Leo? That one doesn't make sense. Everybody just loved him because he sang in that movie. They're like, look, he's so good. He sang all the songs. Yeah, and I'm like, he probably was good in it, but like, that's a that's like a bash to Leo. Yeah. Like, that was his first um, nominee for the Golden Globes, too, and he just took him in front of Leo. I'm like, dang, he's going to start another another streak. Hopefully not. I wish they would have nominated Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems was a fun watch. For what? For Best Picture. Best Picture? <clears throat> yeah. I think for sure it should have gotten editing. That was the best edited film I've ever seen. I told Randy, our instructor, yesterday, best editing I've ever seen a movie, Uncut Gems. Safdie Brothers, have you seen Good Times? <clears throat> I haven't. I'm gonna, I need to watch all the Pattinson movies because I need to prepare for him being Batman. Yeah. I have to go back and watch all the Pattinson stuff to see, see how so, he is. But. He's good in Good Time. That's a good movie. That's kind of like his peak performance right now. Uh-huh. If you were just like, what's, what's, what is Pattinson as an actor? It sounds like. Good Times is like peak Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Pattinson's a good actor. He was good in The King. I don't know if you saw that. On Netflix? Yeah. I haven't got there yet either. That movie made me, introduce me to Timothy Shamalot. I've, he's going to be good. He's. Are you going to say his name like that every time you Timothy Shamalot? Yes, <clears throat> I am going to. Do you think Endgame should have been nominated? No, not really. It's a, uh, it's an, it won, it it already won like over best box office in history. So, um, I think there's a different time and place for Endgame to be nominated in the Oscars. Isn't one of them? I feel like if a bunch of Marvel executives and um, filmmakers and actors went into the Oscars, like, everyone would just be, like, giving them cold shoulder, mean eye, stank eye. Be like, get out of here. We don't want you here. 
You don't think Kevin Feige is more respected? Martin Scorsese would flip their table at the Golden Globes or something like that. Just imagine that. I have a question. So you've you've heard the whole Martin Scorsese and what is cinema? Marvel isn't cinema. Marvel's roller coasters. What do you think of that? Because I'm in a film analysis class this semester, and we talked about what is film for us. I'm curious, Remington, what do you got? Well, personally, I love Marvel movies, so I'm going to go counter Scorsese. And it's like, no, Marvel movies are good. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. These are good cinema. I understand there's like a style that the Oscars like and independent films like, and there's like a certain like film school way to make movies. But I think especially in the last five years, I think action movies and these like big cash grabs is like what remakes. People, yeah, the <coughs> cash grabs are they're good now. Mm-hmm. Like fast, like if you just want to go back and like look at like the last like handful of years for action movies like fast five is an awesome movie it's a good movie you liked fast and furious movies yeah fast five i can't get into those movies for some reason the, all three of the john wicks are incredible yeah, i like john wick um since the russo brothers came to marvel like the run of you know captain america winter soldier civil war both of the um, uh, avengers movies infinity war and endgame uh-huh. like those are all good movies so I don't know if you need to start, like, nominating them or giving respect. Like, Black Panther got nominated. Yeah. I thought that was kind of... I liked Black Panther, but... I thought Black Panther was, like, the third best superhero movie that year. Because yeah. Infinity War and Into the Spider-Verse came out that year. Uh-huh. And I thought they were both better than Black Panther. Yeah. I agree. It, I agree with that. So you, you just think any... If a movie's called a movie, it's a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Makes sense, right? <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I've a lot of people are always, you know, you have I'm in I'm in a lot of film classes. I was in a film class last semester and you know, you always have those people who are, you know. Yeah, and ne- I don't want to get ne- so far on the like, next Frank Capella, you know. Yeah, I don't want to get so far Brian De Palma pro action movie and pro like, you know, that kind of movie where I'm like now like anti Anti-dramas. Yeah, yeah. anti-the-small films, because I get, like, 1917, Parasite, like, those are phenomenal movies. I think most of the list this year is pretty good, but if you make $2 billion, like, Avatar got nominated the year it came out. It did? And Avatar's not a good movie at all. For Best Picture, yeah. Hmm, I did not know that. And I don't, I still don't really know how Avatar made $2 billion. It was a weak year. (laughs) Avatar's, I got halfway through it and stopped. I just doesn't make any sense to me. I have no interest in that movie. In Endgame, you just you build this whole cinematic universe for 20 years. So you think it should have? I would have nominated it, yeah. Really? Nah, I didn't. I didn't really like it. Avengers Endgame. I th- thought the first two hours were good. I hated the. I know I'm gonna get hate for this, but I hated the last battle. I hated when the whole. I'm like, all right, we get it. You're showing off. We get it. You're you're showing us everything. But honestly, if you just would have kept that to Tony, Captain America, and Thor against, I would have been. And then you had the others like yeah. Hawkeye and the battle. The, the final battle is things. cool, but there's obvi- there's weak points to it. There's a video on YouTube that compares the final battle of Endgame to the siege at Helm's Deep in the Second Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. And you can kind of see. Hmm, I didn't even think about that. You can kind of see like the weak points in the Endgame battle, but I still think it works. 
And I think Infinity War is a better movie. Yes. I think Infinity. If I just look. That's why my big thing is because I think Infinity War was way better than. Endgame. Looking back just a year ago, in hindsight, I would give Best Picture to Infinity War yeah. as like the Marvel achievement. Yep. Because if you're gonna make, if you're gonna do this for ten years and make all these movies, like at some point you have to be rewarded for, it, and it's not just like a pat on the back. Like if you're make, like it's not. These aren't like Iron Man one, the first Thor, Captain America, first Avenger. Like I think these are some of the more well-made movies like is infinity war worse than like jojo rabbit as a movie this year yeah i see what you're saying i see what you're saying but you know obviously you can't award hindsight but if i was going to go hindsight i would give it to infinity war which hurts because i thought i thought coming out of last year it was going to end game had a shot to be like man look what they did with infinity war like end is going to be so much better and it wasn't it was like 80 percent, maybe 90 percent of infinity war but it just kind of what, it just kind of didn't get there. I wonder what Nathan's opinion on Marvel is. He enjoys watching it, but he doesn't think that they should be in the Oscars. I don't think they should be in the Oscars. I think there's a time and a place um, for it, uh, for sure. Especially the Marvel movies. They, they don't, they take themselves serious, but they don't at the same time too, which has kind of always been the case. Like if you can, if you can think of superhero movies that have been you know, well, the one that looks really bad now is going back to the Dark Knight. The fact that the Dark Knight never got nominated. No, and that's picture. why they added another slot. It's because of that, you know. Because can they crash one that year too, which was a horrible movie. It, seriously, it's a bad movie. It got bad reviews and it won the Oscar. So my whole year was whack. But going back to like cinema and Marvel and all that. I've always believed that cinema is another way of expressing, uh, telling a to story, storytelling. Um, you have, you have oral. You you have many ways you can tell a story. You can tell orally, by mouth, reading. I think cinema is that third, third way of telling a story. Um, I think filmmakers are storytellers, you know? So that's kind of my been my whole philosophy. So I'm kind of with you. Every movie is a movie. They're telling a story. You got characters. You got conflict. You got setting themes that you throw in there as well. That's kind of always what I've said. You know, people are just like, uh, cinema is art. Cinema is a way of escaping reality with social commentary on the world we live around ourselves, you know? And I'm like, it's, it's not. It's, well, like, it is. It is art. There is an art form to cinema. Making movies, there is an art form. But it's just storytelling, you know? And so when you got the Oscars, at the end of the day, the best picture for the Academy is their best story of the year that they saw. I... You're right, because there's all these elements that kind of make up a good movie. It's it's really no different than, like, a good, like, basketball team or, like, a good basketball player. Mm -hmm. Like, in order to be good, you have to check, like, certain boxes, but all these players are going to check boxes in different ways. Yep. Like, LeBron and Giannis and Kevin Durant and Curry. Like, they all, they all kind of meet all these expectations of what they can do on the court, but they're all going to do it differently. So you can't – that's why you can't just be like, well, this – this like independent film is the only thing that is real cinema or go the other way and go, Oh, these 
genre movies are the only thing that's cinema. This is all that people are watching. This is what people enjoy. This is cinema. I think, like you said, you have to look at the elements and go, what makes a best movie? Honestly, and with Martin Scorsese, it all comes with, like, me. I hate, I hate, I told you, I dislike religious movies. I think Martin Scorsese just dislikes superhero movies. Because, one, they take screens away from them in the movie theaters. You know, there's four four Avengers movies. Maybe maybe the little Irishman doesn't get that Netflix theater that it wants. Um, and then two, um, it just eats up the money, eats up his money, you know, if he's got a movie out with it. So I just think Martin Scorsese just doesn't have a, a, a superhero taste in his mouth. Yeah, and I don't even care if Martin Scorsese likes Marvel movies. It doesn't really... Like, he has his opinion. It doesn't affect the standing of Marvel movies. It mm-hmm. just kind of sheds light on a, a bigger issue, and that's, like, what's the balance between... I know, but if you're you're a big... Between, like, an action uh-huh. superhero-type movie and a good movie. Because we've seen it done. Like, we keep talking about The Dark Knight is... They it's did impossible. it. Yeah. Fallout. There are ways to do it and do it good to the standard of these independent artsy films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I just... I, if you're a big movie studios like Marvel, and you know they have such a big uh, recognition by fans across the world, they, Marvel fans are relentless. There's never been a fan base like Marvel fans. You know, we all thought Golden State Warriors were bad. No, there's nothing. Nothing can beat a Marvel, the Marvel fan base. And when you have the the king of cinema, king of movies says that about you, that kind of is kind of, though, a bad, like, you don't want, you don't want Martin Scorsese saying that about your movies, you know? It's a bad, it's a bad label, it's a bad stamp. And I think, I think, I think the person who asked Martin Scorsese was stupid, um, and I think Martin Scorsese's answer was a little bit, um, it was a little bit too harsh. That's my opinion on it. Um, I've just always thought a movie is a story, a story being told to you on a different format. I'm kind of a little obsessed with Marilyn Manson at the moment. You know him? Mm. You know him? Yeah. The weird rock star, mm-hmm. metal. Um, I'm kind of going through a phase where I don't, I like, I like a certain amount of his song, but I, I just find him interesting. Like, he's crazy. Like, he's crazy. And uh, he... But he's very smart. That's the thing. He's very smart. And he's, I think he had an interview with David Letterman. I wrote it in my notebook. I have a notebook where I just, like, put things in it. Mm-hmm. And he's talking. <clears throat> he was talking. And they're asking him, you know, is he a satanist? What does he believe? And he's like, nah, I, I'm, 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 reli- I'm not really that religious. I'm very spiritual, though, he's saying. He says, I do think there is a religion. And I do believe in certain things. And he's like, I believe um, he said this, and it stuck with me. It really has been stuck with me lately. It's, I think it's very interesting. He's like, religion for me is creation and destruction. Creation is art. Art is my religion. I think, think about that for a second. You know what I'm saying? Religion is creation and destruction. Creation is art. You know, you make a sculpture... You paint a painting, make a movie, and he says, religion is art. I think that's pretty 
pretty interesting thought. Here, I want to run this one by you because this is kind of – I watched this video a couple months ago on how a movie wins the Oscar. Mm-hmm. And the movie starts by saying, okay, so here are the type of movies out here you have in it. And then it just kind of goes and puts into a pie chart all the different kinds of movies. And you said, oh, here are your romantic comedies. Here are your action movies. And here are your Oscar movies. And then it dawned on me that the Oscars, they're no longer an award show. It's a genre of movie. Because if you're going to immediately corner yourself away from like half of the movies that are out there and go, oh, well, these are the Oscar movies, yeah, you've created a genre. You haven't created an award show. I think that's kind of where the Oscars are at. Yeah. I will never get over Toni Collette not getting awarded for Hereditary for Best Actress. If you saw that movie, you'd understand. Is that under- the mom in the movie? Yeah. If you saw that movie, you'd understand. And I was thinking that when I heard the reason. I'm like, dang, she could have been... She could have been a pretty good candidate for that nominee. And then I go on social media and everyone's like, why the heck was Tony Collette not? Award-? That was a snub of the year. And like I said, I never saw the movie, but why was it not nominated for Best Picture either? Well, was it not one of the nine, nah, nine wasn't best one of, movies of the no, year? No, it was the guy's first big movie, Ari Aster's big movie. Because I just know how people talked about it, and especially as a horror movie. And if you're gonna, and if you're gonna look over time, what's what movie's gonna stick out that year? Is it gonna be Green Book that won Best Picture? Is it gonna be Vice that was a, a nominee? No, of, it's gonna be this Hereditary. This is one of my. This is one of my biggest things I look at when I'm looking for what I want to be Best Picture. Obviously, you have all the things this year, but one of the things I want to look at is five, ten years from now, what movie are we gonna look back on? Like this year, what movie are we gonna look back on for the 2019 movie year and go? Oh yeah, that was the that was the best movie. Best movie of that year. That year. The movie that had the biggest impact. What do you think this year's would be? If nineteen seventeen was to win Best Picture, what would you say would you say it'd be Endgame? Well, I think clearly Endgame's gonna age the best out of all these movies, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I think Parasite might kind of be the the five ten year movie. Mm-hmm. Joker, I think, might do it. I don't know. This is a really good year for nominees. I don't know if it's a great year for winners. That's I agree with that too. I think I think it's but go it's back very to like open. go back to like and I don't want to butcher the year, but I think it was 2014 when Wolf of Wall Street came out. Didn't win Best Picture. No, it's the only movie we care about from that year. Leo didn't even get Best Actor, no. and I'm still to this day I'm upset about it. It's the only movie we care about from that year. Mm-hmm. That's like the best example. That is a good example. Dark Knight would be Dark another Knight's one. Dark Knight's another one. Yeah. It's the only one, only one that's really good from that year. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of th- what I think is going to happen with Infinity War from last year. Is it's, And Into the Spider-Verse. I think Into the Spider-Verse should have been nominated. I thought that was an awesome Well, it movie. won Best Animated. It won Best Animated, I guess. Film. Do you think they'll ever do that? Have an animated movie in the best picture? They've done it before. Was it, I mean, Lion- twice, was Up, it Beauty and the Beast? Beauty and the Beast has been nominated. Up has been nominated. Toy Story 3 got nominated for Best Picture. So it, it's happened before. It hasn't happened in a while. I don't know if they'll ever go back to it. I don't think they will. Because it's very clear the direction they want to go for the type of movie they want to award. It'd be weird, too, if, like, you know, the animated movie doesn't have, like, a huge director and a huge cast, like, well-known cast. I feel like they, at the end of the night, you wait the end of the night, be a bunch of people that are behind. They don't even act in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Not really. They're voice acting. They're acting, but it's voice acting. I just think, I think that will never happen. So are you again. gonna Scorsese the animated films and say that these aren't real cinema? 
Mm. Well, they're just, they're different. They use different technicalities, you know. Um, so I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm Scorsese. I'm just saying, like, they're they're way different than, you know, there's a lot more, I don't know, because there's a lot more time going being put into animation, too. But, um... I guess I am then. You called me out. You called me out, Remington. But I would just say, you know, you wait the whole night. You know, like, let's take Joaquin Phoenix. He lost 52 pounds for the role. I'm pretty sure the guy's sitting in a recording booth like us right now, just voice acting, didn't lose 52 pounds for the role. Oh, yeah. If a guy loses, like, weight or gains weight for a role, he's going to win. Win, like, best actor for that role. If somebody. You should do best voice acting, though. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be an interesting category. Like,. Get rid of... Do they have, like, a... Get rid of documentary short subject. Do they have, like, a animated award show? I don't know if they do. They probably do. They probably do. I've never heard of it. Probably do. How about Frozen 2 not winning anything in the Golden Globes? I just saw Frozen 2. It was okay. It was all right. You did? Yeah. I haven't seen it. I loved Frozen 1. Toy Story 4 is the best animated movie of the year. Really? Yeah. Scroll down. What do they got? Where's that? Live action, animated short. Animated, animated feature. feature. There it is. I lost my body. Apparently that was a good movie. I've heard about saying. that one. That, that's so the one with the hand. The that, hand walking Yeah, I've around. heard that's weird. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to. Missing Link won at the Golden Globes. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I thought that was fun. It was a claymation movie, I think. Which, yeah, Claymation's another one. It's different from animation, too. I used to watch Claymation as a kid. So. What'd you watch? I have a soft spot. I used to watch this movie series called Wallace and Gromit. Wallace, I was just Wallace about to say, yeah, I've seen Wallace yep. and Gromit. No, classics. I love Crackers those. Crackers for cheese, yep. Gromit. <laughs> the Were Rabbit movie. You seen yep. that one? <laughs> I think that one, best picture. I mean, not best picture. Best animated feature film. Should have. I think it did. It was great. It was good. What are your predictions? Give me some final predictions. Final predictions? Like I said, Joaquin Phoenix is a lock. Brad Pitt's a lock. 1917's a lock. Sam Mendes is a lock. So I already know I'd, I would love to be surprised. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could possibly walk away with the best director or best, I'm even going to say it, best picture. If you were to tell me that five months ago, I'd laugh at my face and say that. But they they pushed, they campaigned hard, so I could I could see it. For women, Laura Dern's gonna win Best Supporting Actress, um, and that one was a Julie. I don't even. I don't know. Yeah, her. Yeah. yeah, she's gonna win. She's gonna win. Sadly, I I feel bad for her. No one wants her to win. <laughs> Andrew Renee boy. Renee whatever her name is. Your boy Roger Deakin is he gonna win? He's gonna win. Is he up there? Cinematography? Where is he at? Yep. 1917 is going to win that. Uh, Joker's going to win original score. Visual effects probably be... I think Irishman should walk away with that one. No, Endgame's going to win it. That'll be the so? That'll be the pat on the back to Endgame. It'll be the visual effects. Mm, I c- It'll get the, it'd be either them, Irishman, or 1917. It'll get one of those guys up there. Say thank you, and then they'll just... That'll be that'll be the pat on the back for the costume design. Movie. That could that might be Little Woman. I'd see Little Woman woman that winning that screenplay original. Ooh, I think Tarantino's gonna win it. 
I think that's his one for sure. He's gonna win it. Yeah, I think but that's he's what he won. Away with. He's won how many screenplays? Five, four. That's like just him being runner up for directing. Mm-hmm. That's all that is. I guess. You gotta love. You. Everyone loves loves some Quentin Tarantino acceptance speech. Everyone loves it. What else we got? Scroll back up. I'll keep going. You want to just go through all these? I'll drop them. I already did. I think. I don't. I don't. I didn't. I didn't hear the song, so I don't know about that. Lead role, Joaquin, documentary. I don't know. Probably Honeyland or American Factory. I've seen both of those. They're pretty good. Production design. Could be Parasite. I could see Parasite walking away with that one because the building is all that like house they're at. Um, actor in supporting role. I could see Parasite as a cinematography win too. Yeah, I could do. I could. I need to see that movie. I've seen a lot of parts of it, but I haven't seen the full movie. It looks good. Um, documentary, don't know. Animated short, don't know. Actress in leading, yeah, Renee's going to win. Film editing, I could see Ford v. Ferrari. That'd be their one one win. Because you kind of want to give it, you don't just want one thing to take Yeah, you kind of spread it around. You want to spread it around. I think Ford v. Ferrari will win that. I don't know, live action, actress, yeah, we already said, Lauren Dern's going to win that, Marriage Story, um, international feature film, that'll be Parasite, that'll be Parasite, sound editing, that could be Ford v. Ferrari 2, animated, I would probably say Claws or I Lost My Body is going to win it. Not Toy Story 4. Nope. I don't think they're going to have it. I like Toy Story 4. I know, I liked it, but I don't think he's going to win. Makeup will be Bombshell, 100%. If it isn't, I'd be upset if I worked for makeup. Sound mixing. Uh, Ford v. Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that that's it. That's what we're going to end on. That's I think that's all of them. So those are my predictions. And you said 1917 for best picture? I think they're going to win. I if not, I'm going to I'm going to say it. I I could see Parasite might win. I don't know. It's up in the air. Parasite could win. We'll see. Once upon a time in Hollywood, don't like if they win, don't be surprised cuz I'm telling you there's they they could. They've been campaigning hard. All right, well, there you go. You got the full predictions mm-hmm. from Koi. We'll check back in, see how you see how you did. Yeah. And Make I'm, sure to score, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I got on the podcast. We've been trying to do this for a while. So. Got any Spurs thoughts before you go? Spurs. Uh, the West is hard. West is hard conference. I got some Iowa Hawkeye talk, so go Hawks, win tonight. Um, play Maryland. Be, I think, tied for the second seed. So big game tonight. But, yeah, well, I'll have to come on and talk sports. Yeah, we're going to have you on again at some with point. With you guys. But. Yeah, I appreciate right. it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks for listening. Make sure you follow the podcast. Hopefully we're going to do, obviously, more sports. This is K-Sports. But hopefully we can bring you more things like this in the future where we're talking about movies, we're talking about other things that aren't necessarily sports-related because I know personally I have a lot of interests that I want to kind of explore and just different topics I like to talk about. So hopefully we can bring more of this kind of stuff to you in the future. But again, if you don't follow the podcast, follow, stay up to date with the episodes that we're posting. And I just hope you continue to listen. So 
Uh, hope you enjoy and see you next time. I'm probably going to cut all this out. That doesn't make any sense anyways.